Hello and welcome to Pixelated Realms, your guide through the digital landscape, untangling the mysteries of your favorite titles and discussing the latest and greatest in video game fun. I'm your host, Alex Salerno, and alongside me is my brother, Tyler, and my good friend, Dustin. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, hey. hey welcome so, back, everyone. Yeah. And today's kind of a special episode, so we're going to... We're going to go over the Game Awards bit by bit. We're going to go over every announcement, every award, and talk a little bit about some of the drama that has been surfacing around this. And we're really excited because this is like, you know, it, it's the Oscars, essentially, of the gaming industry, but a little bit more so because the Oscars don't announce new movies. I agree. There's a lot to talk about, and we uh, we were really excited texting back and forth while the game awards was going on so uh we're, we're trying to bring all that excitement to you live here today um I, I hope you guys watched it if you didn't it was a really interesting program uh filled with uh ups and downs and drama and and so yeah we're mm -hmm. really excited to talk about it today with you uh cat today um uh, my my cat calcifer <laughs> uh so uh yeah he's he's joining us today for his podcast not a big gamer but uh no you know <laughs> yeah he likes to try and participate he just doesn't know how it's true it's true i i have a question for you guys before we really dive into some of this stuff jeff Keeley, what does he do in between game awards and summer games fest like what is his job in life i always wonder like he's yeah. just this man of mystery like where how does he make money <laughs> i mean he's a professional video game that's what he is. He's, just... he's a gaming personality at this point, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And he's kind of positioned himself as the face of gaming mm -hmm. over the last five years for sure, solidified it with the Game Awards and, you know, Summer Games Fest. And then he also has basically killed E3 at this point with his show. So he's got the E3 replacement that I'm blanking on the name. He's got Gamescom. He does a big thing there. And then he has now TGAs. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, from what he even said, right, after the show, I don't know if he saw, but um, yeah. during the recap, he was talking about, you know, that they're already looking at, like, where they're going to have the event next year. So, like, mm -hmm. it takes, like, Tyler, you know this better than anybody, like, it takes, like, a full year for them to plan the TGAs and get everything aligned. So, I think he's just honestly in the background, like, planning these things. He's talking mm -hmm. to developers and studios, publishers about, like, getting their, their game on the show. You know, some of those people get their yep. show, their game on there for free. If it's like something super hype, some people have to pay. Um, so it's just like he is that voice having those conversations with the with the big people, trying to get them to be there. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think he makes all his money generally from <coughs> these three shows. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know how much he pays himself, but I I know it's not a, a little. <laughs> it's not it should peanuts. be something. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Jeff, I, and I'm learning more about him too as, as as well. I mean, obviously, I remember Jeff from G4 TV. I mean, when I was a kid, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. Uh, I knew guys... him as a journalist, not as this <laughs> yeah. like icon. Yeah, if you guys don't know, or or you know, uh, a little bit of the younger crowd here, um, there was this old TV channel called G4 TV, and Jeff, um, and Olivia Mum, right? It was a Jeff and Olivia, Olivia Mum. Mun. Yeah, it's just the um, weirdest thing. And they they talked about video games. I mean, it was like the coolest thing to turn on when you were a kid. We didn't have like YouTube or Reddit to go to and and see what the best you know and latest video games were. So we turned on G4 TV. I highly recommend you give it a a, a Google search and check it out. It was super entertaining. And it was like really like the first 
TV version of like video game discussion and community and and talking about games. It was it was the best, honestly. Yeah. It was the best. And it brought a lot of personalities into the gaming sphere. Chris Hardwick, Kevin Pereira, Candace Bailey, uh Blair Butler. I'm, I'm looking at a list. Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb. Do you remember like all these people? Morgan uh, Webb, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. like uh Sarah Underwood, mm, uh, yes. like tons and tons of people. I mean, I could keep going on, right? Sarah Lane, but it was such a cool. Like, is that and, mm-hmm. is is that really where Jeff Keeley like he that's that's just what he pivoted from? He was just a journalist, and then one day he's like, "Fuck it, yeah. I'm just going to become yeah. the man of video games. <laughs> I'm going to become the poster child of video games." I'm sure there's a deeper story that we we could dive into, and, and like they could probably make a whole documentary on it, but. Um, you know, I just have a lot of respect for him in general. Like, it's mm-hmm. a huge undertaking of uh, creating an award show, creating and trying to kind of uh, wrangle these different developers and create these shows. Um, just a- as Dustin kind of mentioned to earlier, um, something I've never mentioned on the podcast is I actually do event production uh, as my full time day job. Um, so uh, award shows like these are actually something I do day to day from a production and technical element. So um, things like the audio, the staging, the projection, videos, uh, lighting, that that's what I do professionally. So it's actually, it was really hard to watch the game awards from a casual <laughs> perspective uh, when really in my head, I was like, okay, cue here, audio cue, video cue. Okay. Someone's screaming over comms here. Um, so it, it provides me a unique perspective for today's uh, conversation because I think I have a lot of, um, I would say, sympathies for maybe some of the criticisms <laughs> of the award of the of the of the awards that happened. Um, you know, you could still have a legit criticism, but like I can kind of give you a real perspective on, like, look, like this is why they were cutting off speeches too early in the beginning and why they extended it by the end. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, I just wanted to say, I thought it was a really enjoyable um, and, and Jeff must put an incredible amount of personal effort and care into this show um, because it, it shows. So um, as I said, I've done award shows like this dozens and dozens of times, nine times out of 10, 99 percent of the time i would say uh these hosts are just people who are hired by the organization and they show up and they do their job and they go home that is clearly not the case with jeff he is clearly 100 percent the leader of this show and he is the one who makes it happen clearly um there's always people behind the scenes but uh i just wanted to shout out jeff and and give him some really great appreciation because it's not easy to do something like this it's incredibly Mm -hmm. difficult uh it costs a lot of money. You wouldn't even believe how much money something like this costs. Oh, I'm sure. And it, it just, love it or hate it, it does a lot for the video gaming community and, and raises us all up. Um, and so, yeah, big appreciation to Jeff and what he does. Um, and uh, I was pleasantly entertained by this year's Game Awards with the ups and the downs. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, if you're out there, we want you on our show. Yes, we love you, Jeff. We want to interview you. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I I totally agree. He's a he's a man of mystery. He does a lot of behind the scenes work and has has really brought a lot of fun hype to the industry. Where E three has started to fall, he has picked up the the, the slack with uh, Summer's Games Fest, was it Gamescon, TGA. Without him, we wouldn't. I don't think we would have the relationships to have what 
they had at the Game Awards, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think without Jeff, we would have the poll to bring in every major studio, bring in Kojima, bring in, you know, whatever, Timothy Chalamet. You know? <laughs> so, uh, I, I, he's, I think he's the driving force. Um, and yeah, and it's it's... It's amazing to see him, you know, get on stage and and kind of elevate video gaming to this level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great to see, and we love to see it. And I mean, obviously, we're super hyped about the Game Awards. So it's it's it, it yeah, it's great that he was able to put that together and get it to where it is today. Uh, so first, a little housekeeping. So it's holiday season. So I think next week we're probably going to have an episode, but then after that, we're going to skip for two weeks. If that sounds good with you guys. So that is the 19th. We will have an episode. And then the next week is the Christmas holiday. And the week after that is the New Year's holiday. So we're going to skip those two weeks. So anybody who's listening right now, we are we are we have one episode after this. And then we're taking a holiday break. And we'll come back to you and let you know how that's going to go. Don't and, worry. That gives us some time to play some games so we can uh, come back with some deeper dives. Yeah. It's always good to have game time. Dustin needs more game time. I do need more game time. I was thinking for next week about might be kind of cool too is do like a, a gift guide thing where like we Ooh, like love that deals idea. out there and like what games we'd recommend people should pick up for Christmas or what the money they get for Christmas. Might be kind of cool. I think great that's idea. a great idea. Set no. stone. It's decided. <laughs> maybe maybe we even do a little bit like a let's play along with it, uh some of the games. We can think yeah. about it as we go along. Love that idea. Um, so before we dive in, we really appreciate those who have followed and subscribed to us. We post new episodes every Tuesday at 8 a.m. East Coast time, uh, even though we're on the West Coast. I posted at 5 Pacific. Um, it's available on podcast services and YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram, Threads, and YouTube at Pixelated Realms Podcast. We really appreciate if you guys show your support to subscribe. Right now, that's the absolute best way to do so. Comment on our videos. You know, create that discourse. We love to hear from you. Tell also, how, tell Alex and I how much we look like each other, please. Yeah, that's I a love very it. Po- that's a very popular <laughs> one. Uh, Especially when you guys wear your glasses. Oh, yeah, I, should I put my glasses on? Well, now that I have shorter hair, too, it's, like, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, we should get the same shirt one I, time. And, like, <laughs> we can just be, like, be like, all right, guess who? Um, play that game. So we appreciate everyone who who is who is um, supporting us. Also, don't forget, we have, and uh, you guys are going to have to remind me that at the end of this to check it actually i can check it right now but at if you go to pixelatedrealms.org slash ask you can ask us questions and we will answer them live please do. so please um if you have any feedback anything you can ask anything whether or not we bring it up is going to be context dependent but you can ask us anything ask us a question give us feedback a comment your topic you want us to talk about anything 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 so it's pixelatedrealms.org slash ask ask i'll advocate for the weird questions don't worry everyone okay <laughs> okay lots of questions about dustin's shirts yeah yeah <laughs> that's Walmart. Okay, it's Balma, low-key geeks. Guys, throw me some free ones. I wrap you every week. Yeah, this, if we get banned on, on YouTube, it's because of it. Yeah. I'll wear <laughs> the tame one. This is tame. It's just like a thong. We'll, yeah. we'll, 
we'll join all the Mortal Kombat content creators by getting banned for <laughs> for explicit content. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> you don't have to restart your channel, then. What are you even doing? <laughs> yeah, true story. <laughs> all right. So let's go now. I think let's do – we're going to go down the list of winners – and and do kind of a reaction. I, I we're not going to do every single one, but we'll do most of them, I think, and we'll do all of the big ones. We'll save game of the year for last. So I'm going to kind of do a little bit of the the reverse order here. Yeah, let's do it. Da, 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 da. Okay, so player's voice award went to Baldur's Gate three. Any surprises there? Not at all. I don't think so either. Not a surprise, but I would have loved to see. Cameron Monaghan win only because he's a really cool dude. I've met him when I was working at Jedi Fallen Order, and uh, he's done a really great job with that series. So, mm-hmm. which game? Right series? One. It's the right one, right? Oh, you know, I'm thinking the wrong award. I Are you thinking there's a voice actor? This is yeah. just yeah, 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 yeah. like voice. No, in general. there's just one for yeah. that also. No, this um, is yeah, people's choice <laughs> of game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, player's choice of voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that, that's a, that makes sense. That Baldur's Gate three one. Wait, it's player's voice. Player's voice. Player's voice is a a exclusively yeah, this is just the one player voted. voted yeah, game. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm yeah. an idiot. It's not that makes a lot voice more sense. Acting. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. 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 I I would thought that would have been called that? player's choice, but player's voice. Yeah. Hundred okay. yeah. percent voted on by the fans. Yep. So, I'm actually yep. then I'll, I'll actually put a a wrench in this. I actually am surprised that Legend of Zelda kind of didn't take this one yeah because of all of the comments we got on our instagram uh, everyone was like we were because yeah. you know last time we were like Baldur's gate 3 is gonna clean house and uh we were right but <laughs> everybody in the comments were like yo tears of the kingdom is gonna yeah. take it tears of the kingdom is gonna take it so i'm surprised that the player's choice didn't didn't reflect that i truly believe what i said was the reason yeah. i didn't i think the party of having one for breath of the wild mm-hmm. yeah severely impacted its ability to win again just like yeah. god of war ragnarok didn't win I agree. Uh, yeah yep i agree it's too. not as it's not as appealing from a voting standpoint from a judging standpoint from a theatrical standpoint to kind of like keep giving it to that second movie like sorry it's just the psychology of awards i think a little bit so i mean actors uh, have dealt with the same thing right like tom mm-hmm. we talked about this. tom hanks should have won best actor for castaway but right. he lost uh, Russell Crowe for Gladiator, and he was great in Gladiator. Russell yeah. Crowe killed Gladiator, but wonderful. No one talks to volleyball like Tom Hanks talks to volleyball, <laughs> and no one ever will you again. Yeah. So I mean, but Tom Hanks already had two or three Oscars, and Russell Crowe had never won. So it was like, okay, this is Russell Crowe's moment. Yep. Yeah, I, I I I try not to fight that stuff too much. It's just kind of the reality of how human psychology works. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, I think Baldur's Gate deserves it. It's it was Larian. I mean, and you know, I'm sorry, folks, if you're tired of me just saying positive things about Baldur's Gate. I mean, I I'm not even joking. I'm still on Act One, and I have like thirty, forty hours on the same save. Worked so well mm-hmm. with the community to, and it's a challenging thing. Gaming communities are challenging because you're yeah. gonna get an opinion. And we'll have more time to talk about that in a coming award. So hold that thought. Oh. Next one is best adaptation, The Last of Us, and this is movie adaptation. Any surprises? No, no, of course, no. This was a this was this was a clear winner. Uh, yeah, we also... don't have to even talk about that one, honestly. That was it's just like... no. it, Next, it, yep. 
Okay, most anticipated Although, game. Super Mario movie was fantastic. But, Which one? Yeah, Last of Us killed it. Super Mario movie. Oh. Oh, yeah. you know what? Maybe this this is a good time to talk about Anthony Mackie. Because he was the I, one who presented this award. Okay, was anyone else like... <laughs> Is cringe. Anthony Mackie like drunk? <laughs> like, did he like do shots before he got on stage? Like, or is like, that just how he is? Yeah, it was so funny. Like his inter- he just kept interacting with the audience, and the audience kept interacting back, and it was just like because they would like heckle him, and they knew he would he would say something, and like I, you know, I I have absolutely no evidence to support this. But like seeing his like interviews and the way he snips at people he's a lot, silly. like, like yeah. he seems kind of like a spicy personality. Yeah, you know, like he seems like someone who like will fight you publicly on stage if you were Just to be like, fun. "You suck." He'd be yeah. like, "Bring it," you know, yeah. like. <laughs> he he was definitely a highlight. I was sitting there laughing when he was on stage. I mean, oh my God. I, I haven't seen the the uh, twisted metal. Uh, it was a it's a TV show. It's a show, yeah. Yeah, so I'm actually I gotta say, after I was like, well, maybe I should watch a couple episodes. Maybe he did his job right, you know, like yeah. he's there to promote the show. He doesn't give a flying fuck about the games, you know. Like right. he doesn't I even mean, have, that guy. He doesn't even have social media. Are you telling me this guy really? plays video games? No, yeah. There's no way. Yeah, I don't That's... know if he plays video games or not, but I I do like that if he's just like a fun personality, you know, like. Mm-hmm. If you think about this, like, okay, so PR moment here. You get so many people in front of in front of crowds or press, and like they don't want to be there. They don't yep. embrace the opportunity to grow their brand mm-hmm. and realize that if I'm an energetic and fun person, that can help my career. You know, and like it's something on the PR front that we have to talk to spokespeople about, like yep. especially when I was working in esports with players. Yeah. You know, tell them, oh like, dude, embrace God. the moment, embrace the opportunity to talk to press here and be on video and grow your brand so that when you retire, you have a following, people actually like you. But it's so hard to get across. So hopefully, Anthony Mackie just embraces that opportunity yeah. here and, and or in everything he does and is like, yeah. hey, I'm going to go out on stage. I'm going to have a good fucking time mm-hmm. and I'm going to interact with the crowd and I'm just going to, you know, yeah, have fun. And so... I mean, I think we're going to talk about this more as the episode progresses as well, but I completely agree. I think a lot of people in the video game community, as I don't think it's any surprise, like, cannot be super great on the mic sometimes or create awkward or kind of strange moments. Um, You know, as someone who works in production and film and and all this, you know, you, you, we want things to move steadily ahead and just stay on topic right you don't have a lot of time you need to follow the schedule so when you have someone who's like sitting there uh like delaying or like being a little bit awkward which i think we'll talk about when we talk about kojima and his visit (laughs) you kind of as a producer you're sitting in the mic saying okay come on jeff come on come on we need to go we need to go you know so you're Uh trying to like milk that moment because you know a lot of people love kojima or what you know whatever the moment is but you need you're on a schedule you need to keep that show moving you have you know you might not have like commercial breaks as they are now uh back in the old days but you're still trying very strictly to meet a schedule and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we talk about uh them uh for speech lengths and how that kind of played out yeah 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 i think going back to anthony mackie real quick i i don't think like what you were saying like you know building his like his image and stuff like that I think the consensus I mean, he's Captain America. 
Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, sort of. <laughs> and uh, but He's I don't know if this did him any favors. Captain America. <laughs> Well, he is, but the, the full movie hasn't come out yet. Yeah, yeah. So he's only in that show. But uh, I don't know if he's did himself any favors with this because <sighs> the consensus, I think, is that it was a pretty awkward interaction yeah. and that it kind of made him look a little bit like a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> but well, was so it entertaining? Was- yes, it was entertaining. Like yeah. one good opportunity to like kind of change your image where like, yeah, yeah, he's Captain America. He's been in the MCU, but... You know, I mean, that hasn't always done everyone favors. Like, I like Brie Larson, you know. I, I like mm-hmm. her as Captain Marvel. I don't understand the hate. Um, and it's funny enough, because this is actually a connection here, I was going to say, like, Channing Tatum, okay? Everyone looked at Channing Tatum as, like, a, like, rom-com, like, he can't act. It's just, like, the girls love him. Until 21 Jump Street. I feel like 21 <laughs> Jump Street completely, that was the movie where all the guys were like, I fucking like this guy. He's a funny guy. He you is know, a funny guy. Because like, Brie Larson is also in that movie, and I love oh, her shit. in 21 Jump Street as well. So that's why I have an affinity towards her with uh, Captain Marvel. But yeah, you know, like, again, like seizing the opportunity. Like, you know, you never know, like, could this be a moment where all these gamers who are millions of people watching the game awards are like, dude, but Anthony Mackie, like, he's kind of crazy, but I dig it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it could be a bit of a, like, any, any press is good press kind of moment. Like, I, I do think he was a little. I don't know. Weird. I don't. I don't think you should be yelling "shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up" over and over again on a mic. But either way, I don't know. It, it was. It was a little weird. But we're talking about him. We're talking about it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Next award. What did I? What was that? Best adaptation. All right. Most anticipated game. So uh, for this one, I want to read out the actual nominees before I announce the winner. So it was Tekken Eight, Star Wars Outlaws, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. Hades 2 in Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth and Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth took this one home. Statistically, it makes sense. I I, I don't think it's... I don't want to look into this award too much. I think there's a lot of players who love the Final Fantasy games. I loved the remake personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's too much to look into when it comes to this one. Uh, What was the other... uh, Sorry, read them off again. Uh, Hades, Like a Dragon, Star Wars Outlaws, Tekken 8. I was just going to say, I voted for Star Wars Outlaws. I, I, yeah. Well, looking forward for, to that one. <laughs> I would have said Hades 2 for me and then Star Wars Outlaws because Star Wars is like 50 50 nowadays, whether or not yeah. it's going to be good. Even though I'm a huge Star Wars fan, got a Star Wars tattoo, but I'm not surprised at all. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth took yeah. this one. Final Fantasy 7 has a frenzy of a crowd and everyone yeah. rides that nostalgia wave for so hard. I mean, if you ask somebody who are the best two gaming franchises ever, it's almost always Final Fantasy and Zelda. Mm. And those are going to no. be like your, your top two, more than oh. most likely. So anytime one of those games is in the most anticipated by itself, like, yeah, you're probably going to see that one win. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah. If yeah. Ghost of Tsushima 2 had been announced yet, I would have been like, that should win, because I'm really looking forward to that. Whenever Hell yeah. Happens. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's going to be worth a whole episode when that happens. Sorry, what did you say? What uh, game? Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, I thought I thought one of the games was actually that for a second too, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Oh, I wish. Uh, next one, best esports team. Yeah. JD Gaming. Anybody give a shit? Team Vitality should have won. Frankly, I'm not uh, familiar with JD Gaming. Frankly, not sorry guys. Evil Geniuses. No, I mean EG had a good VCT. They won champs. Um, they've had a lot of turmoil. I know a lot of people there. I used to work with the team back in 2022. Um, a lot of good people work there, uh, but yeah, Vitality should have won. They won the Counter Strike Major this year. They also 
did a clean sweep for Rocket League, winning the champion RLCS wow. championship as well as uh, both majors, I believe. So wow. two of their teams pretty much like clean house in their respective esport. So mm-hmm. and Counter Strike is globally as popular, or right? below league of legends um i don't know what jd gaming won because i know tk or uh, t1 won worlds so yeah i'm not really sure what jd gaming won or why they were picked but yeah, i think that one's just the community uh, like the developer vote so who honestly knows? i really don't think esports teams or people really give a shit about the game awards they have the esports awards that's kind of their oscars for right. the industry so mm-hmm. it might be a cool thing, but I don't really think anyone they, they care that much. Yeah, <laughs> you bring up an interesting point. How like esports and the tip in the like regular general gaming industry are so like divided, uh, which is such an interesting thing to kind of think about, right? Like they're not they're not in sync, which is I think one of the problems with why esports hasn't like caught on as much as people would have liked because it's like like you said like. Esports and then the general gaming industry don't really like overlap in the same way. Like the people who love games for games don't love esport games for esports. Right? Well, that's well, because esports games are are typically older games, right? They've been around a long time. They're not the most pop. Like League of Legends is vastly popular, but no one's talking about League anymore. You know, from the from yeah. an IGN, GameSpot, Game Informer perspective, no one's talking about Counter Strike. No one's talking about Rocket League. You know, so all these games that have esports teams because they've been around a long time they have a following but it's not getting clicks it's not attracting really new players that much so it's a different vibe esports is a very this is a and this is a whole like episode or series of episodes to talk about it because esports for it is different right it's different per game so you know someone can be really into league of legends and they're following league of legends esports but that does not automatically mean you can understand counter-strike esports so Mm -hmm. i think esports is a very challenging topic because it's game specific uh and games change uh you know games change over time you know football yes changes over time but it's a lot slower of a of a progression as oh we patched you you don't patch a football you patch you know like a game and you know it it affects things significantly um right so it to me esporting is a really complicated subject i personally love esports i even watch some esports of games i don't play um but there's this inherent issue with a lot of esports that they're not easy to understand if you do mm-hmm. not play the game right good so, point um like you know as as uh, our listeners might remember i really like mortal kombat esports um i'm not good at mortal kombat but i really enjoy watching it um and that's its own community and its own thing but that's far detached from counter strike or league of legends they're also specific so i would love to talk about esports more and and get uh, uh dustin's great pr input on how all that works and but it's a big it's a big topic and I, I wouldn't, Alex. I know Alex and myself are not particular experts in esports, um, but I am happy to say, you know, we might have some guests in the future who work for esporting companies or have competed in esports themselves. Probably get my buddy Dustin Steiner, who's been an esports Dustin. journalist for about ten years. Yeah, wow. He worked for Dexerto. He worked for PVP Live. I mean, he's basically worked for every major um, outlet. Uh, he's a PR person now as well, but. He has a lot of knowledge about it, but yeah, I mean the, the tagline for esports is easy to play, hard to master. Yeah. Right, like that is like literally True. the tagline mm-hmm. for any great esport. Yep, yeah. And 
it's um, Nicole, the former CEO uh, of EG, who went out very um, poorly of the mm. industry because of some drama. But I do like the way she used to talk about a team, and she compared it to uh, college athletics. Like, you might be a fan of San Diego State, but San Diego State has a softball team, a football team, a baseball team, a water right. polo team all these different teams that are like vastly different sports, but they're mm -hmm. all under one umbrella. And I always thought that was a good way to talk about like organization yeah. point of view. All right. I'm going to bring anyway, us back around to the game awards because yeah. we could easily talk about this I know, every forever. A tangent. Yeah. So the next like five categories are all esports. So I'm just going to kind of go boom, 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 boom. And we can talk about them all at once. Cool. So best esports game, Valorant won. best esports event, League of Legends world championship, best esports coach, Christine Potter Chi. Sorry yeah. if I'm saying that wrong. No, you got it right. She's the okay. coach of the uh, Valorant team for uh, Evil Geniuses. She oh, awesome. Best esports athlete, Lee Faker Song. Faker. Yeah. Faker. Yeah, Faker is the say? most legendary of legends. Oh, player. I'm just going to say Faker. I don't want to mess up yeah. his last name. Yeah. Yeah. Greatest league player of all greatest, time. Greatest league player. Yeah. Ever. First awesome. player <laughs> ever in any eSport to get a $1 million plus salary. So the guy is a... Is He's a, a prodigy. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Nailed it. <clears throat> All right. Anything to say on any of that? I think we're good. No, I mean, it's... I don't yeah. know any of these creators either, so... Yeah. We don't really oh. focus on esports as much. I think congratulations to all these folks and, uh, you know, glad to see these categories on there because I think it deserves it. Yeah. Uh, next one is content creator of the year. Iron Mouse one. I didn't know who this was. I had to look it up. They're like a VR or a virtual streamer. A VTuber. VTuber. Yeah, VTuber. Oh, so, you know, good for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> best multiplayer game. Baldur's Gate 3. I I'm actually a little surprised yeah, about this a, one, to be I honest. I was a tiny bit surprised about that as well. Uh, Alex and I have played Baldur's Gate multiplayer together. It was seamless. It was great. It was fun. That being said, to me personally, Baldur's Gate 3 is the kind of game that you inevitably have to enjoy solo because mm -hmm. it is it's a 90 100 hour game. So trying to like get you and your buddy or your you know to sit there and like go that 100 hours that's for most people that's challenging. If you and your friends have no problem with it, good for you, man. You guys are killing it. Yeah, uh, but for me and most of my friends, we tend to like drop off. So I was a little surprised by that. What was our other nominees? Uh, Diablo 4, Party okay. Animals, Street Fighter 6, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I feel like all of these are kind of... I don't know yeah. what Party Animals is, but the other... Yeah. It's like Fall Guys really, kind of thing. I'd say those are all like also kind of weird multiplayer titles. Like, sure, Diablo 4 is multiplayer, but you can play the whole game by yourself. Like, you're yeah. In the yeah. So I, I could have picked like actual strong multiplayer games like... I, I don't know. Yeah, to me that list is a little surprising. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Street Fighter Six, like, yeah. sure it's multiplayer, but like not in like the. It's yeah. not Call of Duty, right? Like that's what yeah. you, mm -hmm. I think that's what you expect from a game from a category like this is like right. Call of Duty, Battlefield, PUBG, like these like World of Warcraft. Even I would say would be like right. a fucking better like multiplayer yeah. game. Although like, I feel like that's still kind of more like yeah, Diablo with the exception possibly to Party Animals because <laughs> I haven't played that one. None of these yeah. games. I and mean, maybe there's an argument for Diablo 4, but none of these games I feel like were like multiplayer first design, right? right. They didn't design these with like to, with co-op yeah. in mind. Yeah, they didn't design these. Well, co-op was Perfect. in mind, but it wasn't the entire focus of the game, right? Right. It was, yeah. it was like, uh, a, hey, yeah. if we have to cut this, we can cut this. 
I would have been fine with a game like Party Animals getting it because it's like one of those games that's a, what, like we were saying, it is about multiplayer. Like you don't you don't mm-hmm. have fun in Party Animals by just playing the game yourself. You have fun because you're playing with your friends and having a silly time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to, to me, I, that's fine. Like that that's fine. Like yes, it's not a technical marvel like Boulder's Gate Three is. Right. But so that's I'm that's surprised. My which I brought up Call of Duty, by the way. I'm just going to say that all of you Call of Duty devs need to chill the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. It's just a joke. Like, it was he hilarious. Was self-deprecating, too, man. You it know, was like... Funny joke. If you ever watch any award show in history, there's always yeah. jokes that, like, make a little dig at someone else's expense, and it's all in good fun. Like, y'all didn't need to go on Twitter and start fucking crying. Okay, so if we're, we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. Yeah, so let's talk about you, it. So if you weren't there, I, I, I don't mind uh, saying it. So if you weren't there, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Christopher... Judge. Christopher Judge. Christopher Judge, of course. Voice, the voice actor for Kratos. Voice actor yeah. and mo- mocap, right, for Kratos mm-hmm. as well. So uh, kind of kind of a famous guy in the community, and he he's really fun. Uh do you want to quote the exact joke? It was like my speech last year was longer than the Call of Duty, the new Call campaign. of Duty campaign. Yeah, yeah. it was the yeah. joke he made. And, but it was self-deprecating, right? Because last they actually yeah. literally this year had to create a shorter time window for people to talk because his speech was so yeah. long last year. Yeah. So he meant it as a joke, but they, it was supposed the to internet, be in you know, good fun. And, like I don't, I assume you guys saw the tweets from like the devs here and there and stuff. And 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 it, to my the first my first reaction is like guys you know the video game community if you get defensive even in any way whatsoever you're gonna look like the jerk so the only thing you can actually do is be like hey good joke hilarious I love it you know yeah you gotta own it and then they didn't do that and I'm like guys come on man like I know you worked hard Some on this did. oh did they okay yeah I so didn't see how everyone we'll give them we're very upset give them credit oh we've yes. heard words. You don't expect it from your peers. Right, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you mad because it's true? (laughs) And because it's true, like... Yeah. You know, like... It was a solid joke, and, like... You know, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I'm sure you worked really hard, and it's not your decision how long these campaigns are and all that stuff, but, like, don't... Don't get defensive, man. It's gonna backfire in the video game community every time. Okay. I don't know 100%. I haven't played it yet, the, the like, campaign. From working in the industry, these games are in development for fucking years yeah. before publishing everyone knows about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I have a really hard time. Like, let's just, uh, that Bobby Kotick or whoever yeah. the fuck was sitting there at Activision, like, you guys need to make this campaign less than three hours. I don't know how long it actually is, but I'm just throwing a number out. Yeah. You know, I just don't think it's true. Like, I think like the people working at the studio were like, and so sure, maybe like this UI designer wasn't in on the conversation, you know, but the creative director of that game and the head of the, the heads of the studio, hundred percent were in on like, how long we want this to be, you know? like Well, they also have like certain amount of pressure, to release a every two years or whatever and so they're like hey like what do we prioritize right. do we prioritize the campaign or do we cut a little bit of the campaign and prioritize multiplayer slash war zone right yeah. so it's I like mean, if I'm working on battlefield i've worked yeah. on games that did just that where they had like this beefy multiplayer and then it had like a very short campaign and like you honestly i would say like you get more hate for having a short campaign than having no campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, like, that's a decision just... a lot of people make nowadays, honestly. Yeah, and I think Battlefield made that decision the next one. It was just like, let's just not even have one because oh. it was only five hours long or whatever it was, and people shit on us because it wasn't a built-out story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, let's just, why are we even doing it? Like, we just put all our resources towards multiplayer. I mean, I'll come into the defense of Call of Duty a little bit. I, I would rather have a three- to five hour campaign than no campaign. I really Call of Duty campaigns were actually like the reason I started to love Call of Duty, and I'm talking about like Call of Duty One, Call of Duty Two, the original originals. Um, I really enjoy them, and I would have I would take a short one over a long one. But once again, it was just supposed to be a joke that he was making fun of himself. Like I yeah. I, I don't think there's any world where wh- what do you win by being like. You know, oh yeah, well we worked really hard on it. You know, it's like you don't, you yeah. don't benefit. Yeah, yeah I, no, I totally it, agree. It, I, like, I, I liked the campaign. I played it. I beat it. Um, was it short? Sure. Was it fun? Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't really mind. Uh, to me, the Call of Duty campaigns are always short. Yeah, they're always like less than eight hours. Um, even on the hardest difficulty, and they're short and they're sweet. And then yep. you go and play multiplayer. Yeah, like. There's nothing I thought wrong it was with fun. that. And yeah. I think Call of Duty devs need to just not take it personally and just realize that, like, hey, like, we're joking with on this one because we like it. We yeah. like it. We're not joking because it's shit. We're joking because we're like, hey, Call of Duty is the GOAT. And, you know, whether or not you like Call of Duty, it just it's the shooting. It's the standard for shooting games. Um, not esports stuff, that, that aside. But, like, you know, take the joke. Like you have yeah, all well, these other wins, sports league too, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, I thought it was funny too. Speaking of like being the goat, like uh, one of the devs actually was like, "Yeah, Call of Duty is like outsold every like uh, God of War combined or something like." that. I know it's like, like, dude, come so on, petty. It is it come on, man. And, like. Um, do you really want to start comparing Call of Duty quality to the God of War? Also, that actor has nothing to do with the game yeah. necessarily like yes <laughs> like, like i said there's no winning you don't you don't bet either you make everyone look like a jerk or you just take the joke and move on so i think exactly. if that joke would have happened in the middle of the ceremony i'll be flowing in the radar we wouldn't even be talking about yeah. it because it was literally the first thing we'll see in the show like fish judge walks out like and I, I even messaged to my pr buddies on my other discord i was like damn right at the fucking throat like, yeah. <laughs> kick this off. Welcome. You know, like, Call of Duty sucks. All yeah, right. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think that's also why it was yeah. kind of heavy because it's like the very first person just like instantly shit on COD. Yeah. And uh, people probably felt bad about it. But yeah, if that happens an hour in, like, we're probably not even talking about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. But it was a fun moment. And honestly, it, it caused discourse and stuff like that. And I don't think well, he's losing any sleep. Yeah. We're going to talk about this later, but I did think it was funny that the length of, of acceptance speech was like uh, a we'll joke right there. Yeah. And it became a very real problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we will definitely. Um, all right. Next category is best sim slash strategy game. Pikmin 4 took this one. Didn't play Pikmin 4. Sorry, team. Sorry. I have no opinion on any of these. Sorry. Yep. All right. Next. <laughs> best sports racing game, Forza Motorsport. Great. Um, can you, what were the other nominees on this one? Um, EA Sports, uh, Football Club, F1, Hot Wheels Unleashed, and The Crew. Okay, so The Crew is not a very great game in my opinion. Sorry if anyone loves it. 
F1 has its own issues. I follow the F1 game series. Um, it, it, it's a complicated history and they tend to just kind of copy and paste. So I don't personally see why that deserves an award. Um, I, I think it's fine. I think it makes a lot of sense. Mozart, uh, Forza Motorsports is a really good uh, uh, ar- arcade sim is what the community calls it. it. They don't really consider it a sim because it's technically not. It's more of a uh, simcade, right? It's a mixture mm-hmm. between a simulator and an arcade style. Uh, it's really good. It deserves that they did a great job. So not much more to say about it. usually wins this category when they come out with a new game. Like, it's pretty common. Like, EAFC, like... I wouldn't have been surprised if they won this year because it was the first year not being titled under FIFA. Mm-hmm. So that could have—I thought that could have been giving them a little bit of an edge uh, to have a chance. But you know, FIFA comes out or EAFC now will come out every year, so it's the same thing. You know, it's like people—it's like a minor update where people are actually expecting eventually, where they just stop coming out with a new game every year, and you just yeah. buy an update pack that right. like yeah. live service gives you new characters and. And, so, you know, yeah. one thing to note is the soccer, whatever the most recent soccer FIFA, you know, game is, is going to outsell all of those other categories by a <laughs> yeah. huge number. I mean, FIFA's yeah. FIFA, you know, the, the franchise, it's one of the biggest selling video games, like, of yeah. all time, It's I not FIFA say. anymore. <laughs> well, so what is yeah. it? EP? EA Sports Football Club or FC. Football but, uh, Club. Okay. Because they basically sever their ties with FIFA. Good. FIFA wanted, I'm assuming, too much money to keep the license. And so they're like, fuck it. We're yeah. just going to do our yeah. own thing. Like, fuck I mean, FIFA. We're at the point FIFA's a corrupt organization football. anyway. Yeah. Maybe the most corrupt in the world most corrupt in the world yeah um but yeah they, ea doesn't need to have the fifa title like they yeah. can put eafc cool. it's going to sell the same um but yeah that just does dumb money i mean not even just the game sells but the in-game monetization yeah. like this sells shit tons of money so um, yeah i'm a, a little surprised that didn't win but i i don't think there's too much to say about it yeah, yeah. i'm not too surprised all right next category is best family game super mario bros wonder I'm not really surprised. Yeah, I mean it's a great family game, and yeah. uh, I mean it was a game of yeah. the game of the year nominee. It's yeah. the only game of the year nominee on this list. So wow, I mean, yeah, not surprised. And again, we talked about this last time, but remember, everyone I know, Super Mario Brothers Wonder just came out. But these publishers or studios get these games in the hands of the developer or of the voting people at TGAs early so that they can be included here there's just a deadline on when games have to be announced i think it's mm-hmm. two weeks prior to tga um doing nominees or something like that difference because but they have the game like they probably a month before that so there was plenty of time to get this game in and and included so yeah. you know. yep congratulations right, we're, we're almost getting to the the juicy parts now um best fighting game tyler you'll be disappointed it wasn't mortal kombat one it was street fighter six Oh uh, yeah, so uh, I wasn't super surprised. Street Fighter Six has been doing a great job. Um, I've heard a ton of positive things from that community. Um, I I just have a soft spot for Mortal Kombat. I personally enjoy that one a lot. I think uh, if you do follow the Mortal Kombat scene, like you've heard that Mortal Kombat One, albeit. I think has potential to be one of the best Mortal Kombat's ever made. It was a little bit rushed in its release, so it mm-hmm. had a little bit of catch-up time. Um, personally, I think it's a really great great game, even with its flaws, um, but this isn't super surprising. You know, Street Fighter Six is a great game, and congratulations to them. Um, you know, try to be a good <laughs> sport. <laughs> yeah. 
go cry about it. Yeah. All right. Next is best RPG. Any, any guesses? Any guesses? Uh, Baldur's Gate Three. Yeah. yeah. Baldur's Gate Three took this one over Final Fantasy Sixteen, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. I mean, uh, yeah. not a big surprise. Why is Starfield nominated anyway? Move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best action adventure game. Legend what game of Zelda. would you have wanted to see instead of Starfield? Sorry, should Hogwarts Legacy have been in here instead? Uh, it's like I at what point so. is it is a game an RPG nowadays? Because everything has a little it's RPG a in it. Yeah, yeah. I would right. consider right. Hogwarts Legacy an RPG personally. You would? Would consider you consider? It? Would you consider God of War an RPG? An action RPG. Yeah. I guess oh. I think I I would say actually Hogwarts Legacy probably also falls into action RPG. Yeah, yeah I would say if uh, online it says it's an action role play game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next, best action adventure game. Uh, this is going up against Alan Wake Two, Marvel Spider Man Two, Resident Evil, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and then Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom took this one home. Uh, so, makes sense. I mean, it it seemed like it was like. It, to me, it was like, well, they're not going to give a Tears of the Kingdom Game of the Year, so they got to mm-hmm. give it game action Game of the Year again. Well, we'll talk about this later. How does Alan Wake win best art or best direction, best like narrative, and best like art direction, and not win best action adventure game? Like, I would argue I mean, to me, Alan Wake Two is not an action game. It's an adventure game, though. It's, on- a, it's a detective game to me. There's guns. You shoot stuff. Yeah, but like that's the most that's not important. Resident Evil game. Four is on this list. If Resident yeah. Evil Four is on this list, Alan Wake Two can be on this list. I don't know. To me, it seems like Al- Alan Wake is like a piece of art. Like I, it's not. <laughs> it, to me, it's not an action game. It's an experience. Like I don't care about the shooting as much, even though I just got destroyed the other day when I was playing it. But it, I don't know. To me, that doesn't seem like an action game. It seems more about immersion than it does about shooting. I would say all games, all game developers would claim their stuff is art. Oh, of course. Uh, of except course. for maybe mobile games. <laughs> uh, I actually but... had a conversation with about that whole thing with my business partner where he was talking about how he doesn't look at video games as art. What? And I was like, I completely disagree with you. I do. Kojima is about to do. come down and knock his, kick yeah. his door down and be like, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> uh, it just depends on the time. Hmm. Really. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think like a COD is like this beautiful art. But if you look at like Hollow Knight or like, Ori, or sure, Death Stranding, Cuphead, you know. uh, Stardew Valley. I mean, there's, but an art is such a subjective term. We don't have time for that. But it's, I don't know. That's that's interesting. That's very yeah, interesting. Yeah. I think I right. changed his opinion by the end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I'm going to move on. Best action game, uh, Armored Core Six: Fires of Rubicon. Uh, some of the contestants for the, or the nominees for this one was Dead Island Two, Ghost Runner, Hi Fi Rush, and Remnant Two. Sad Remnant Two didn't get it, but you know FromSoft is yeah. FromSoft just you know wins everything. So having played the most out of all of us, having played the most of Armor Core, do you think that's justified? Personally, we loved Remnant Two, so that was my vote as well. Um, I didn't love Armored Core as much as I did Remnant Two. And some of my complaints, and we've talked about this in the past, but the armor core was that um, there was like massive divide between the fodder enemies and the bosses. Yeah. And so you would play through a whole level and you would just wipe the fodder enemies, which is like 90% of the level. And then you get to the boss and the boss is like one hit kills you. And you're just like, oh, and then you have to go back 
you have to rebuild your entire build around this boss then you have to replay the entire level kill him and then it might not work the next boss yeah so there was like there was things about armor core 6 that i didn't love story was just okay in my opinion too the fighting was very nice the mechanics were nice the graphics were amazing the building of your your mech was cool there's a lot of positives and i I enjoy the game and I'm, i'm not talking shit about it trying to say like oh no it didn't deserve anything but um i think best action game i don't know maybe maybe from soft you know name recognition kind of gave it a more of a boost than yeah. um some of the other games so mm-hmm. one i think it was yeah it was the first episode you it was told one of the me first about. episodes yeah i put 30 hours into it because it, it was really fun so yeah so. cool uh next one is innovation in accessibility uh forza motorsports took this one home good for them Great. uh always looking to see more accessibility in video gaming yeah great to see that as a category yeah i don't have any like details on what the accessible features were on that but good for good them job. Good job. Gold star. Uh, best VR AR game, Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Good best, job. Good job. Best community uh, no. support. This one actually I, surprised I, me. This doesn't make sense to me. Personally. This one surprised me a lot. Baldur's Gate 3, which is confusing to me because uh-huh. what what did they do to deserve this? Especially when the game, when did the game launch? Like summertime, right? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that was the official launch, right? So they've been like supporting this community through early access. So I don't know. They're, they're Larian is really great about their community support. It's hard to compare it because it's different, right? Like Des- the way Destiny requires support is different than the way Boulder's Gate mm-hmm. requires support. So I don't know. It's one of those things where it was like well earned, but like how are we actually defining community support in this case? Because it's kind of tough. It's very varying. I guess that we have to different, like, look at differences. Like, I look at best community support in a way of, like, also, like, best ongoing game. Like, right. they kind of yeah. intertwine for me a little bit. That's why I think for Baldur's Gate 3, it's a little weird. Yeah. And I would have said, like, maybe Cyberpunk, No Man's Sky, or Destiny 2 probably should have yeah. won. Um, but then there is best ongoing game, which is kind of yeah more that right but then it's also weird that like destiny 2 is like not in there or like <clears throat> or no man's sky is not in that one so yeah. i don't know it's a that's a hard one i i it's so subjective to me yeah i, I know I mean, like how do you how do you quantify best community support right like you, you count the number of thread tweets you know whatever that yeah. they like respond to it's it's hard to say yeah but it's made right. up man it's a made up award it's a made up. All words are made up. Oh, that's true. <laughs> all words are made up. All words are made up. Um, all right, best mobile game, Honkai Star Rail. Does anybody give a shit? I play. I've played this. So I gotta say, when I was sitting in a airport in Michigan looking for a fun game to play, I ran across Honkai, and I because I knew it was a, a popular uh, series um, in many many places. Great job, super fun, love it. Uh, we don't need to spend any more time on yeah, that. Though it's a mobile game. No, um, it's also on the computer though, and all the other consoles. So it's not just a mobile game. Uh, best debut indie game, Cocoon. I have not played it, unfortunately. Yes. Good job, Gold Star. Good for you. I haven't though. played it. Uh, best indie game, not Dave the Diver. Yeah. It's Sea of Stars. Super excited for this dev. I cannot wait to see their next game. Um, yeah, pick up Sea of Stars. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, best ongoing game, Cyberpunk 2077. 
also very happy with that decision personally. I'm just I just love I, I love what they've done with Cyberpunk. I love it. Ten out of ten for me. Eleven out of ten yeah. for me. Um, I want to say yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that once again, though, gets into the like, what is an ongoing game, right? So, Cyberpunk's patching a game when like Destiny is a multiplayer game that's pat. It's it feels yeah like two different categories. I agree. I agree with what Dustin was saying earlier. Is like, yeah, I Cyberpunk winning this is uh, totally good for them. I don't think that's a big surprise. Um, what's more surprising is the list of nominees: uh, Genshin Impact, okay, Final Fantasy fourteen, Fortnite, and Apex Legends. Um, actually, I mean, all of I those, those are, all make sense to me. Those all yeah, do make, all sense. make sense. Now that I think about it's it, it's hard to not see the other ones. Like, like they make sense. Yeah, you know, yeah. This is like the category where you could see like a League of Legends in there because, like, oh, true, like, true, or Overwatch, you know. Uh, but I was gonna say with Cyberpunk, uh, I saw this. There's a lot of interesting takes on it, and um, I was a little bit more involved because I was in the, you know, I work in the games industry when this happened, but I saw this reporter that I actually have a lot of respect for um, talk about that he thought that Cyberpunk deserves a recognition for how they fixed the game after such a terrible launch. I completely disagree. Um, I think that, like, they blatantly lied to their fan base or community state <laughs> of the game. And then restricted media on what they were able to show in their reviews to help cover up or contain mm-hmm. that lie to help sales at launch. And then, you know, we we find out when it launches that it's missing a ton of content. The content's not nearly as in-depth as it was promised. It doesn't look as good. It can't even fucking run on last-gen consoles. I mean, the game was just in an abysmal state, and I don't think you get recognition for fixing that. Like, you should have mm-hmm. delayed the game. Like, like, sure, you launch a game that's a little buggy, like most games are in today's world. Like, you know, you can only anticipate so much shit and also have day zero patches. So, like, it's okay to have a game that's a little buggy at launch, but that's not what this was. This yeah. game was in a horrible state. It should have never launched. It was, like, Anthem-esque bad at launch, yeah. you know? And so I was like, no, I don't think you get a pat on the back for getting it to a state where people are like, wow, this is the game it should have been when it yeah. came out two years later. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so- if they released the game that's out now this year, it would have been like a game of the year contender easily to me. And so, yeah, this is probably what people expected, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. after The Witcher 3, especially, yeah. like, people had high expectations. So, yeah, if the game wasn't, and I actually am getting this game for Christmas, so I already know. <laughs> um, so, I, look, I really look forward to playing because I was very excited to play it when it came out. And I never did because I am not, like Alex knows, I'm not a day one purchase person. I got a lot of shit going on. So, I'm usually not just like, I go to Tushima, I probably will be, like, I'll pre order that game, but it's very rare for me to pre-order or buy day one. Um, <laughs> so I was going to buy it, and then I just seen that like, everything happened. I was like, okay, wait, I'm just going to hold off. And So I'm glad to finally jump in now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little, oh, you'll love it. it. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, they do not deserve a pat on the back for getting the game to where it is now. Like, I'm glad I mean, they kept supporting yeah. it. But, um, I mean, I can see your point. I think... I'm, I, I don't know. To me, it's one of my favorite games of all time now. So it's it's hard for me to, like try to be as objective as it's hard to be objective about it but like i i'm just overwhelmed like with happiness that they did get it to the state it's in because i knew you know it when you played it you're like okay like 
it, as when it was released, it was like, okay, this is super choppy. I can't really play this game, but like, mm-hmm. I see the potential. It's there. Um, so sure. I, maybe they shouldn't have won, but I certainly appreciate like you know rewarding like hey don't give up on this and just go to the next one kind of thing you know i mean right it's like the cart before the horse though it's like you should have just released it when it was ready. yeah so it's it's a challenging conversation um but yeah, you know. yeah. that's a, it's a I tough one it's, it's a tough one because i i that's right yeah like i agree i agree with both points here right let's like dustin's right like they shouldn't be rewarded for kind of the bad behavior but they should be rewarded at the same time for not giving up on something that they could have easily given up on so it's like it almost cancels each other out yeah um and like i think like i I honestly think they could have easily avoided all of this drama is if they had come out when the game um when the game came out they said hey like months before they were like hey listen the game isn't where we want it to be so we're can't release it for consoles we're going to release it for pc on the date release date as early access and for this time period after this time period we're going to release it on the consoles and we're sorry like you know obviously this isn't what you wanted blah 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 but this is like the best we can do i think that would have gone a long way to build the trust that they had lost and then at that point they could have just been like okay here's our plan here's our timeline here's all this shit and it would have been instead of doing the opposite where they're like just fucking release it like don't tell yeah. anybody you know um but you know i'm let's move on because um that's another good tangent we're an hour but, in and we haven't even got to announcements or drama yet yeah <laughs> exactly we're not even halfway yet so uh, that's a, i do want to take a, a little break here so um we're about an hour into our episode i do want to say we didn't really mention this earlier but this is kind of a special episode since we're going through the game awards um it's going to be longer than most and we don't have any sponsors, obviously, because we're a very small podcast, but I want to use this time to say again that um, we appreciate everyone who subscribes and follows us on social media, on our podcasting services, Instagram, threads, YouTube, who make comments and everything like that. Um, it's it's the best way to show your support. It's free and it really helps us, um, you know, get feedback on, on what we're doing and, sh- you know, it, it helps us revitalize our love for for doing this every week so um thank you thank you for your support and next category okay so the next category is games for impact um let me i'm gonna read the little thing thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message the winner for this one is chia haven't played it was this um was this the award announced by that gentleman who was talking about his father and the impact of his being raised in uh in I want to I'm trying to remember which country it was um am I thinking of the right no okay that was an announcement that wasn't an award okay um well at least the game he was talking about yeah I thought that was, I mean let's... I'm looking at this one this one it's it's like a a little girl on an island somewhere i i haven't personally played this one i have not either i just wanted to we're gonna say gold star we're gonna move on um (laughs) best performance neil newborn won for Baldur's gate 3 he was a stereon of course he i mean very well deserved i think everyone deserved that award um he's been putting in a lot of community effort um and uh yeah and then of course you know 
we will now is a good time to talk about he got he got dripped on his speech uh length but uh that was the one dude <laughs> that was I the one man so you like you're rushing him off stage and he starts talking about like mental health and all this stuff it's like oh my god like that alone was like the moment where people are like this is fucked up like, mm-hmm. well and i can tell you so so behind the curtain here <laughs> Basically, you know, and so basically, as they're like, okay, guys, but in the pre-production meeting, they're like, we're going to give everyone 25 seconds for speeches, you know, and in their head, they're like, that's, that's fine. If we do the math, like, that's enough. Um, and so they gave, he was like the first speech, I want to say, I, I, I'm pretty sure he was the first speech. And so they got him up there. You know, he's doing his thing and they're like, okay, we have a lot of awards to get to next, you know? And so he just had bad placement. It wasn't that they were trying to screw him over intentionally or or anything like that, of course. Um, But then Jeff did, you know, there was, there was, uh, Jeff released information that he went and told them, guys, you know, we need to give them more time. Like Like, that was, that was crazy. So that's why it got better as the show went on. They were actively making adjustments. But just keep in mind that, you know, when you're trying to get this out into an hour and a half, it is, you know, it's very stringent. We need them to go up, make their speech and get off the stage. And and so from a production standpoint, um, I can just tell you guys, it's just not a perfect system. We don't have, we can't give everyone as much time as they want. Um, you got to go move on to the next award. So although I wish, I wish he had as much time as he wanted to say what he wanted to say, um, that's just how it works. You know, it's, that's someone's yelling in someone's ear that we got to keep going. So um, just have some sympathy for everyone overall Mm -hmm. uh, viewers, because it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, hands in the cookie jar and and there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, It it definitely, I mean, you could, uh, you're absolutely right. You could tell as like the show went on, they were like, Hey, like that, that wasn't, didn't work. Uh, It is unfortunate that he just happened to go first and be the one that got cut off. Um, And I'm sure they're going to, they're going to next year they're probably going to elongate that time frame a little bit because of some of the the feedback they've gotten and yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end um okay next category is best audio design winner is hi-fi rush i'm this a little was a surprised. surprise yeah I'm a, surprised. a game that was announced uh which i was so excited about uh yeah um so yeah this was a bit surprising i um i you know, Hi-Fi Rush has some big surprise, makes me want to pick it up. Uh, but I think Alan Alan Wake Two deserves a little honorable mention because that they did a fantastic job for that one as well. Yeah, I agree. Like Hi-Fi Rush, um, I've only seen gameplay; I haven't played it myself. Um, good music and stuff like that. I kind of wish I, Alan Wake Two had had taken it personally. Uh, the audio design in that game is just next level. I talked about it in one of the previous episodes that like when you have the spatial audio in you can you can hear everything around you every little nook and cranny makes every little item makes a noise like it's so meticulous and wonderful um dead space remake also yeah um honorable mention there the the sound i think it actually won best sound in a different award okay not in the game awards but like a different show um amazing audio same thing if you're wearing headphones every little thing you know horror games just do audio different yeah because yeah. it's so important to building the atmosphere that like if you have poor audio in a horror game it's no longer scary yeah. right and that's just how it is so um little surprise that uh, a horror game didn't pick this one up but good on hi-fi rush for for taking this one 
Um, next one is best score and music. Not not a big surprise. Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah. Final Fantasy is known for having great soundtracks. They always have this, you know, big yeah. orchestral uh, you know, background music that is just like lives long beyond the game. Yeah, so I I mean I definitely have opinions on this one. So uh I mean obviously music for me is is one of my favorite aspects of gaming overall. I mean, by 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 a very large degree. Um I really enjoyed Final Fantasy 16 score. I thought it was just as good as any Final Fantasy game score, um, which is saying a lot because they're all done by uh, some really incredible people. However, I, I personally have listened to the whole soundtrack, you know, apart from the game now, and I think it's wonderful, but do I rank it as one of the best Final Fantasy soundtracks of all time? Personally, no. I know a lot of people do. Um, so I was a little surprised here to see this. I would have I think I really would have preferred to see Alan Wake 2 take this for their really the old creative, gods of Asgard. Their creative take. And we got a little we they literally performed it for us. I know, which I, was uh, amazing. And we'll game, talk about that. And that was amazing. So I personally I would have liked to have seen Alan Wake 2 or Boulder Skate 3 even take this. I Final Fantasy is great. I, I I will always support Final Fantasy, um, but it was just a little bit surprising. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Final Fantasy music, like I said, is always is legendary and stuff like that. Um, the Final Fantasy 16 music, though, to me, wasn't very memorable like some of the other ones. Like you hear the kind of like beginning you're like oh god like you know that's like final fantasy either seven eight or nine or whatever those are yeah, like Sep- yeah. yeah yeah like the sephiroth like theme and you just know like oh i know exactly what game this is from and i know exactly what moment in the game this is from in yeah. 16 i couldn't do that uh but alan wake 2 i mean they had a whole yeah. rock band who developed an entire well, most of an album just for the game and I personally am an advocate. I think we need more rock and roll music in video games. I just think it adds such a cool layer. But they have a whole musical number yeah. in Alan Wake 2, which is what they performed. Um, and, I, yeah. like, how does that alone yeah. not get the award? It, since it was such a centerpiece to the game and so integral to the game, and I I was a little surprised. It, I to me I appreciate that. I really like having like a really music centric video game. Um, mm-hmm. Like we said, we love Final Fantasy. I love Final Fantasy sixteen. I beat it. I I I really enjoyed the music. But other than making it feel like it was a badass Final Fantasy game, which so it did that job great. It you know where was like the above and beyond to me alan wake had that uniqueness like to me that's something you give an award to it was so unique and so interesting so i mean you know it's not a bad choice i just was a little surprised yep i i me too um i wonder if it was just because they didn't want alan wake to to sweep the awards with baldur's gate or if not enough people played alan wake too uh not sure but it's just it's an interesting choice and but, you know, good for Final Fantasy. Yeah. All right. Um, next is Best Art Direction, Alan Wake 2. I don't think that's a big surprise. No argument here. If you haven't played the game, check out some gameplay. I mean, it's just... it, it Like a Kojima game, it just feels like and you're not experiencing a video game as much as you're experiencing a narrative. Like, it's mm-hmm. so... You know, art direction... I, they took it so seriously, and... And I I didn't realize how integral um, 
I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but that Sam one Lake? Show, Sam Lake. Uh, I mean, he just, it's clear yeah. he put his heart and soul into every aspect of that game. And, and it's, it's like inspiring and impressive to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So not only, so for those who don't know Sam Lake, I believe he's the writer. Let me look, let me look it up. But he's like the boss of, yeah. of, but he's creative. also the the face and voice of James Casey, right? Who is the fictional detective in the game? Yeah, exactly. Um, I I I can't look at I can't see what he, his actual job title is, but uh, yeah, he plays a character. He does. He plays even himself in the game. Oh, does <laughs> at, some, at a certain point? Um, it, it, it's like he's very integral into the story of, or sorry, not story of the design and the the development yeah. of Alan Wake and Control and all those other games. So, uh, it's great to see him <laughs> in all those things, and great for him, or good on him for winning all these awards. He deserved it. I uh, mean, next- to me, that was. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, to me, I think that was the most important win for Alan Wake too. I think mm-hmm. getting art direct, even like I didn't expect them to get Game of the Year just because of the style of game. But mm-hmm. I think art direction is the biggest compliment you can pay to them. Yeah, I think so too. Well, um, next one is best narrative. Also, Alan Wake too. It, once again, completely justified. Um, video games are ascending into this like cinematic art form in the mm-hmm. sense that like it's more about this experience than. Have you played? You know, yeah. anyone who's played Detroit. Uh, becoming human or mm-hmm. uh, Death Stranding, like you, you're starting to get a, that vibe. Keep it up, guys. This is this yeah. is the future. Like this is how video game. This is this goes to show how amazing video games can be, how immersive they can be. Um, I just like it makes me excited for the future. Like yeah, think about absolutely. how how in depth storytelling can get when we develop video games more and more, and they become more accessible. Um, so yeah, yeah, well, yeah, then like you know, I mean. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to go into too much of a tangent, but just, yeah, like you said, like it, it, the storytelling is like the next evolution of cinema, in my opinion, because it's interactive cinema, basically. Yeah. And, you know, if you treat it that way, you get these amazing games like Alan Wake 2. And yeah. can't recommend it enough. My personal game of the year. So obviously I'm going to I love to see it win. Next award, best game direction. Also, Alan Wake 2. Well, I have no idea what game direction like means exactly. Like, is that right, just creative director? Yeah, I, like best creative director or something like that. This is just like Sam Lake winning the award, basically. Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, it's. I would be. Yeah, I'd be interested to know how that differs from other categories. It's a little confusing because in film, a director is a somewhat specific position. Uh, in games, that also might be a, the same specific position, but it feels a lot more distributed. So, mm-hmm. you know, good for them. They deserve it. But yeah, it's it's. It's just another category, you know, to say they did a great job. Yep, exactly. Um, and then now we're finally at Game of the Year. So yeah. the big one, and it's funny because Dustin dropped out for a second, but uh, the nominees for Game of the Year were Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And... We did talk about this last episode, or two yeah. episodes ago? No, it was last and episode. It was last episode. And we talked about what we thought the winners were and why. And what was our decision was we thought Baldur's 3 was going to take it. And look what happened. Baldur's 3 took it. Um, not a big surprise for us. Yeah, not a surprise we- at all. I mean, the game's... Just, uh, you know, an immaculate creation. Um, I've been enjoying it thoroughly. Uh, 
it has a huge it it's hit the community in the right place. I think that's mm-hmm. really important. So Baldur's Gate 3 could have gone under the radar. There's a world where this game mm-hmm. could have gone under the radar and just kind of been this like hit, you know, small game, but it didn't. It hit home. Uh it has a huge audience now, a growing audience. Uh people I know who don't play CRPGs are now like, oh, maybe I should check that out. So um they they deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. Um I don't think there's any game on this list that didn't deserve it, but mm-hmm. um I appreciate giving special recognition to Boulder's Gate 3 in this particular instance and I think it's gonna help promote uh you know a genre of games I really enjoy. Yep. Yep, and if you're interested in our more detailed analysis of uh, the nominees and who the winner is, our last episode goes over that very adequately. So, very cool. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2 basically cleared house this year, and not a big surprise with a couple of uh, noteworthy uh, variations like Cyberpunk and and so on. But very cool to see. Very nice to see uh, Baldur's Gate taking this one home and Alan Wake getting the recognition that it deserves. So yeah. good on them. Good on everybody. Um, very cool to see. Now yeah. we're going to move on next from, so we just went over all of the winners. Now we're going to go over the game announcements. Uh, and this is very exciting because this is where the hype train starts yeah. right here. Look, I, and I, I want to open it up a little bit to like kind of talking about the game awards as a whole, because I know there's a lot of criticism and and like kind of commentary around how the game awards happen and and you know what is a game release or what is an award or what is a speech and how they mix that all together. Look guys, we're a video gaming community. We I I I want to give them some slack on the way that the game awards happened this year. I think it makes a lot of sense. I to me, my I was really enjoying watching these world premieres intermingled with the awards. And I understand, you know, there's legit criticism. In a, in a lot of ways, yes, it is a big commercial. It's it's about an hour and a half, two hour commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, but this isn't the Oscars. It's not the film industry. It's the video game industry. And the video game industry has a huge range of, of viewers and uh, and demographics and ages. And so the way they adjusted it, I felt was very smart and true to the way video gamers would prefer to experience content as opposed to write like a traditional award show, which is just mostly people talking. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, I think it kept, it kept me really engaged. And I, I think, I think they made a very intentional decision to say, we're going to take a lot of the awards and we're just going to breeze through them, you know, and then we're going to, but we're going to jam most of this content with being new trailers. Mm-hmm. And, Despite what you think about that, whether it's a big commercial or not, I think that was the smartest decision they could make for the way that we interpret video games nowadays. Yeah, you know, I agree. I agree that, like, video game hype is a lot of where the fun of the industry comes from. You know, uh, getting new announcements, new drops from from developers we love, uh, games we didn't expect, yeah, uh, you know, kind of all those things. And so all the commercials, that's why you go to like E3 back when it was relevant, right? Like we would go because you want those big reveals. We'd go for that Kratos coming out of the shadow. Yeah. Build um, the hype. I mean, I moment. got hyped for the for the future of gaming, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think, or and we'll talk about this more, I think, in detail at the very end. But I think uh, a lot of where the criticism for the this came from was uh, not giving the developers enough time to actually no. share their moment with 
with yeah. the viewers. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a big moment for a lot of people. And so they felt like they weren't able to take the time to thank everybody and yeah. to, you know, share what they had to share. Um, and you said like, yeah, you have to stuff this show into a certain amount of time. Yeah. I say make this an all day event. Like I don't, yeah. <laughs> I would watch it. Make this thing the the Super Bowl of the game awards. The, get, you know, the attendees. There's won't a pre show up, though. <laughs> the whatever. They will show up. They will show up. You know, make it two hours longer or whatever because it's already like five hours, right? It's That's actually pretty really long. long. Yeah, it was three. I think. Well, it started at four thirty and it went to like eight. Yeah, to three and a half. Eight, thirty minutes was that like recap or like pre show? Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, there has to be Pepsi. I love Pepsi, by the way. <laughs> um, the understanding everyone that like this shit costs a lot of money. Yeah, costs a shit ton of money to put this on, and that money comes from advertisements, trailer announcements. So it's like, what would you kind of prefer? A scaled down version that doesn't have the live acts, doesn't have the production value, isn't at this awesome venue. And it's just all about the developers? Or do you like the big spectacle? Do you like the performances? Do you like the names that are there? And if so, this is kind of what you're going to get. And I do think Jeff needs to find a better balance. I've been saying since like five years ago when I actually worked at the agency that does the TGA uh, PR, that I hate that there's not more attention to the devs. So this isn't Mm -hmm. a new issue. Yeah, this is something that's been going on for a long time, and Jeff's never really shied away from the fact that this is like a, you know, it's not just an award show. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I think he needs to find a better balance than what it is. Was this year the the speech thing? I think is what really got everyone upset because again, this has been an issue for years and years. So and it hasn't boiled over like it did this year until now. And so I think if he like ups the speech time to three minutes and he cuts out like one act and ups everyone to two to three minute speeches, mm-hmm. everyone can will swallow the fact that they have to sit through ten million world premieres and that the devs will get that recognition. I'm okay with some of the awards being off stage. I did think some of the ones that were on stage or were off stage were a bit weird. And I know we're kinda of diving into the drama now more than we we were going to, but uh yeah, I just think again, like people have to understand that this shit costs money, yeah. and if you want it to look as nice and have everything that it had, then you got to realize that advertisements and trailer reveals are going to be a part of it. Yep, I agree. I agree that you, the key word that you brought up was balance. There's a balance to it because we want both. Yeah, and it's hard to do both. Right. Um, and so finding that balance is is a tricky tricky job. And something that I think will just over the years will find will find that yeah. that balance between the two. And I don't know if the solution is to add an extra hour on the back end of this and to give people more time or, or maybe just 30 minutes or whatever, or to just, yeah, like remove one stage award to in lieu of making the other ones longer, for instance, you know, something like that. I, I don't know. And well, that's something Jeff is going to have to figure out. I also am like, wait, is this the new puppy mm-hmm. doing that? Is this that a press a- conference or is this an award show? Exactly. So uh, to right. me, they need to define what they actually are. Um, but when they kept going back to back to back releases to me, that's when I fe- it felt a little weird. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm so, I'm so glad to see this, the, this new game, but like, 
is this an award show or is this E3, right? Is yeah. this a showcase? I was like, we were joking, right? I texted you guys because you guys weren't feeling well. I was like, every time he says world premiere, you have to take a shot of Nightfall. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> thank God you did it because I know you would have been dead. You, but... Like an hour in, just uh, drooling on the couch. Yeah. But that being said, I want to actually talk about some of these games because I was pretty excited. So, um, just the first one that's in my face right now is Monster Hunter Wilds. I mean, wow. Like, I'm. Yeah. Monster Hunter World was so cool. And anyone who loves the Monster Hunter franchise knows they've been kind of hitting it out of the park uh, in recent years. This just looks like another hit uh, game upcoming. I want to keep developing the Monster Hunter World. Like, it's so much fun. It's so cool. It's such a dream and a fantasy. Uh, what did you yeah. guys think? Yeah, I was excited. You know, when they started playing it and. And they were riding on the beast and stuff like that. I was like, is this Monster Hunter? Oh, my God. Like, like it started to dawn on me. I was like, this is Monster Hunter. And um, I love that because I was, like, literally jonesing for Monster Hunter lately, which yeah. is funny because Monster Hunter is one of those games that I, like, love. But then I play it, and there's things about it I don't love that, like, after, like, I play it until my love you can meets deal that, with it, yeah. And then the, once I can't deal with it, I stop playing. So I was like, oh, okay. But this one looks like it's open world, yeah. which would be the first of Monster Hunter, which would be awesome. And you have mounts, which is awesome. Because, um, I mean, that fixes, honestly, a lot of the problems in Monster Hunter for me. Because I, I don't love the whole, like, dropping into the zone, doing your little, your An one mission. base mission, right. Exactly. Yeah. I also don't love the ton of useless items that they pack into the game so i'm really hoping that they um they fix that too but i mean at this point now i'm, I'm just being annoying yeah, I mean, about my wants that's a whole monster hunter conversation but i mean it's just as far as a trailer goes i think it gave us everything we wanted it shows that they're dedicated to making these beautiful landscapes um mm-hmm. we didn't really get a ton of like combat or anything like that so we don't really know what like new things are happening in that realm but i mean i'm just so glad to see that monster hunter is becoming as big of a franchise as it is um and they're able to put these huge dev teams and make these ginormous worlds um to me like monster hunter world was a real big hit for me because i thought it was just such a wonderful conglomeration of all the other monster hunters kind of packaged in yeah. this beautiful um it ran incredibly well too if you had like the 4k resolution it like it ran like 120 frames per second like perfect 4k it was it was great so i'm really excited for that one uh, i can't wait to play with everyone um but yeah um there's there was a lot to talk about so i just want to keep moving um they had a, quite a big announcement for that blade game and 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 I gotta say, I wasn't super. As soon as they brought out, um, what was it? Ar- it's Arcane Studios. Is that? Uh, we gotta look this up because I wasn't. I did yeah, not Arcane. immediately recognize this team. Um, but it's the team that does. Uh, they do Deathloop and Dishonored. Um, Dishonored, both, okay. Both all winning award winning games. Dishonored yeah. is amazing. I like Deathloop. Dishonored is like is such. It's like its own category of games it's so good so i'm excited to see blade i love the blade mythology like he's such a badass which is cool you know motherfuckers always trying to skate uphill or ice skate uphill like that shit is just so cool Uh, and if they can capture that and bring it into a really fun action game and i know they didn't really say a lot about like what type of game it was or or any of that and no they didn't um, they just said you know it takes place in paris um and you play as Blade and all this stuff, and it looks super cool. Um, I'm excited for it. I I don't know if this is gonna be like a day one purchase for me. 
but it's yeah. definitely on my radar. Yeah, I mean, it was the art looked so inspired. It, it, you know what it really reminded me of? Um, the artistic like level of what we've been seeing in like Spider Man uh, mm-hmm. and the Miles Morales across the Spider Verse world, where the art style is just so appealing that like once like, I might you know I might just buy it you know regardless of whether it's an amazing game or not I might just buy it just because that art style is so appealing and I love to see how that's like how the effort is put into that and so yeah I thought it was a really uh, interesting presentation and and I thought that the gentleman um sorry team if if he's like a really famous guy that I just I'm not aware of but he you know he had a flair to him like he he came in and he was like ready to like rep you know uh, yeah. blade and his team so I don't know I think that was actually one of the more like you know we need more of that yeah right? like In it the felt, game awards. it felt like honest right it wasn't like mm-hmm. perfectly uh rehearsed or anything like in that sense that like they were still going off the cuff like he was doing his thing but yeah like unlike you know anthony mackie it was kind of like i was like oh cool i feel like i'm getting a glimpse into the people who actually dedicate their lives to these games yeah absolutely so that one looks cool like i'm excited for that one i wasn't expecting that um i probably should have been to be honest like or not i'm not super surprised that they're making a blade game because they're making a blade movie and they're kind of bringing that back. And Marvel's really been pushing their video game side. So it's interesting to see, love to see it. Um, Next announcement or one of the announcements, new God of War Ragnarok DLC coming out for free next week. That was a nice little drop. I don't remember them doing DLC for the first one at all. I think maybe like an Um, armor set or here or something like that. So it's cool to see that they're supporting this one. Yeah. And well, this it's kind of like a, a roguelike mode, which they had in the first one. And it makes me wonder if this was something they had always planned on having in the game. And they were like, just didn't have enough time to, to put it in the first round. And so they're like, hey, we'll just work on it afterwards. Yeah. Release it as free DLC. Although <laughs> they cyberpunked I got... it. No, I... Something cyberpunk could have done. Uh, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to say, you know, I... Although, so I gotta, <laughs> I gotta talk about a little bit of my experience here because I'm sure some of our listeners also experienced this as well. So I think it is super impressive when they're like, "Everyone, this is the game, and it drops tonight," and you're yes. like, "Oh my god!" I get it. So, so like they, there was a couple of those. Uh, one. One we'll of the talk more, about them, yeah. Yeah, no, let's talk about it because I think one of them was uh, the finals. So the that's finals. Been, we've been seeing uh, Shroud or uh, various other uh, streamers playing that one. Um, Alex and I have been playing it a little bit. It's really fun. That being said, here's the downside of releasing things like that. Hey guys, it's releasing right now. Well, what's everyone gonna do? Everyone's going to go and download it at that same moment. So I did, of course, I did that. I, I did the same thing. And the servers just crashed. Yeah, like it was like handle it. you know, I mean like what could they do? <laughs> but like I remember I got into the first game and it was just like oh cool, I can't move. I can't move and <laughs> the disconnected. Servers are like yeah, dead. So yeah. It was like it's like if you guys are gonna do that, at least be prepared. Like I I have sympathy. Didn't know. I have sympathy, but also like a million or more people are watching the game awards and your game is free. Like come on. Man, like you should, you need to like yeah. rent All some extra servers. All those servers cost money. You I, know? I know, I know. I'm my the sympathy part of my brain is like Tyler. You know that they don't need a million players worth of servers, you know, because tomorrow it's going to be half that. But yeah. part of well, me was sad. 
I can get a play that night. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get too technical into it, but they could have actually spun up a, a bunch of clusters temporarily for first day and then shut them down, which would have minimized the cost. Well, but and they may have, right? Hey, you know, so you guys can hire me. Yeah, um, I know how to do that. <laughs> totally off topic, but we actually provide such a good balance because I'm like PR, you're like events, and you're like back end, like software <laughs> development. So it's like we can kind of like hit this from I, through every conversation. All of us kind of like pull from like, hey, well, let me give a little insight on this from my experience, which I think yeah. is kind of cool. Uh, by yeah. the way, the one thing that I ran into during the Game Awards that kept crashing was I tried to fucking enter for that damn OLED, free OLED. Oh, yeah. I was it TGA OLED.com? It was down the first time he talked about it. It said like, we're going through maintenance. And then I did it like an hour later when I seen it again. It's like, your wait time is an hour and 34 minutes. So I was like... Like put my contact information. What the fuck is going on? Call yeah. me back. Yeah. But like, if anyone got through, they probably won. Because... Yeah, the first whoever whoever can load the page first wins. A hundred people yeah. entered, and yeah, only a hundred. Weird. Because uh... yeah, I was like, nah, I'm not going to even try. Like, fuck that. But despite yeah. like the challenges with the finals, I got to say um, there was some other like big like. Uh, dropping now kind of uh, releases, they dropped a whole DLC patch, uh, free DLC for Final Fantasy 16. Like, yeah, I just gotta say, getting getting patches for Final Fantasy games feels great. Like, I'm just like, oh, okay, I can go back and play Final Fantasy again and have a great time. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty surprised about that one because I thought the final. I mean, Final Fantasy 16 is a very complete game. I didn't think it needed any DLC. It's already very long. Yeah, anyone who's beaten the game, you're, you're I, I, you were like me, and you're like. How, how is that I happening? Know. I'm not going to spoil anything, but you're just well, it's bef- <laughs> it says it literally says before the final boss. Yeah, yeah, before okay, the final yeah. battle. I figured, but, yeah, yeah. Though having played that game through, like when I beat it, I was actually like kind of relieved. I like the game, I like the story, but I was like, well, it's long, and it's it. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm done. I'm not going to go do all the bazillion side quests. I could, I could definitely make a whole video about Final Fantasy 16, and I actually may. The fact that they multiply the side quests exponentially to the last thing so annoying. You're like, okay, cool, be the, opposite. the last quest. And then it's like, here's 15 to 30 side quests. And they all chain. And you're yeah. like, you're never going to get to the boss because you I have did, all this other tedious tasks to do. I want it to be said, Alex, I did every single side quest in that game. You're, you're a madman. Yeah. Except, That's absolutely insane. It was, no, it was fun. It, it felt easy. It, the one, the thing, uh, one criticism, and then we'll move on. Is like I did not like the. Um, there were like the. I'm trying to remember. There was like these go mirrors. talk to this person. Oh. Well, it was like you'd go into these challenges where you could only use one icon, and then you yes. had to. I personally was just like, I'm not doing these, man. Like I'm sure it's how I get the ultimate yeah. weapon or whatever, but I, I just I'm not doing it. Yeah, I did the same thing. I played one and was like, nope, <laughs> no, thank you. Done. All right, but great! Super excited to play. What that. about light? No fire. What did you guys think? Oh, I'd love to talk about that. Um, light, so no fire. that's the No Man's Sky. Correct. Hello yeah. Games new so, game, dude. My he first almost comment did is, it again. Yeah, my first comment <laughs> is get Sean Murray off the fucking mic, man. Like you know they seriously. Him too. Seriously, I'd love to hear Dustin's behind <laughs> Dustin's behind this because they he literally. <laughs> you know they were like, okay, Sean, Sean look me in the eyes. Stay to look the point. In the eyes. This is the only things you say. This is it. Promise me this is all you're going to say. And then he goes up and goes, this is the most ambitious thing we've yeah. ever done. And, and, and you're like, ah. you're like, 
You literally see him. You see the nerves on his face, man. Like I was like, you literally see him and Jeff. Like they, the unsilent. Like don't say anything stupid, Sean. Don't say anything. Like you're creating the whole world. We're creating the earth. And I was like, oh, you like, and, like, he's probably right, but it's just, like, do you know why that was a bad It wasn't as bad as No Man's Sky. It didn't fall so flat when it launched. Like, if that game would have came out in Blue Minds, like, instantaneously, instead of, like, needing a long time to get to where it's at now. Which, I give that a break over, like, a Cyberpunk, because yeah. No Man's Sky, that was the one that was, like, crowdfunded, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't give it a break. It was their, no. it was their first game. I, 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 I'm less inclined. That's once again, that's a whole nother episode. Sorry, team. We're trying not to diverge too much, but it's, it, that game was bare bones when it came out. To me, that was more disappointing than Cyberpunk's release, but that's yeah. a whole nother conversation. But who is putting Sean Murray in front of a microphone? Like, I just take the leader of the dev you team for know. that game and put him in front of the microphone. When, like, when he said most ambitious ever, like the look on Keeley's face was, was like, like, oh, dude. Are you, don't like don't more do ambitious that. Than no man's sky where you like we're talking about creating like a whole fucking universe like we can create the earth and i <laughs> first thing i was thinking is like what is this gonna have like multiple like yeah. fully fleshed out cities and then he also said the first true open world game where you which can go anywhere nonsense and do it, limitless yeah. um which doesn't even make sense because make everything sense. eventually has a limit, right? Unless it's like self-generating, which I think No Man's Sky was supposed to be that, right? Like, it is. Yeah, it is. Well, keep going on limited planets because they would self-generate or whatever. It's procedural. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to do the same thing with this game. The, yeah. the the planet's going to be procedurally generated, right? They didn't manually make that planet. They're just going to create it so it generates like a really dense, detailed planet instead yeah. of having a bunch of semi just you know plain planets but i mean that okay the sean murray stuff aside the game actually looked yeah. kind of cool it looks cool but i, I i'm interested i'm definitely gonna play it like i have faith in them now like i gotta say what when they were showing us the no man's sky progression of dlcs and patches mm-hmm. i got like pretty imp- i was sitting there and i was like okay one two three four five but yeah like yeah i remember those and then it was like 10 13 15 and i was like there's been this many updates like i gotta give them yeah. some credit you know it yeah, was I, it, I, yeah I, i'm just saying like this one this one looks good because i i hope they take all the lessons they learned from no man's sky right and and, and put them in here and the fact that it's going to be like more co-op based which i think was one of the big failings of no man's sky is that while no man's sky has so much to do in it and yeah it's like kind of multiplayer online multiplayer like you can interact with other people it wasn't really built to be played with your friends that much and that was a big it makes the game feel hollow well right? that you feel, functionality was late to the game anyway yeah well that was I years think it was always there you but could not it, play multiplayer in the first few months of that game there was no multiplayer i think you could rant i don't think you could multiplayer with your friends but i think you could randomly collide with another you player could, you could not so you you would like you would if people were like spending the first hundred hours of the af post release trying to find each other on the same uh, planet and you would least, you wouldn't see each other there was I see. essentially no multiplayer when the game yeah. was released well that being said, I think No Man's Sky, while the game has come a long, 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 long way and is in, is 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 a, a objectively fun game, it's an impressive it still, game. It still doesn't hit the way that everybody wants it to hit, and Correct. this is their opportunity to to take all that feedback, the ten years of development that they've had, and to start over and hopefully create something that's like 
fills that gap yeah. and i would love to see it and they've proven themselves to be decent developers they've proven themselves that they're going to ongo they're going to continue to support yep. the game um he said himself that he wants to you know he would love to keep working on this game forever um and i, I want to see where it goes and, I, and they said they've been working on it already for five years so that's yeah. promising so we'll we'll see where they end up um, i mean and hopefully they don't overpromise again yeah, I mean, it looked gorgeous. Uh, I gotta say, it looks like a survival game, any old survival game. So, mm-hmm. um, my first inclination was, okay, yeah, I've played Ark before, I've played, you know, like, other survival games. So, it, to me, I don't see anything new. Um, I'd like to see how they can take this procedural generation, create this beautiful world, allow me to fly in it, minerals, and, you know, will be interesting, so we'll see. Um, but that being said, speaking of Ark and Dinosaurs... Uh, did you guys see Jurassic Park Survival? Uh, oh, it was yeah. a very, it was a teaser for sure. There wasn't like any gameplay, but uh, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. I love my John Williams music. I love Steven Spielberg. I'm really excited. I don't care if they just take like the standard survival like apparatus and put it to Jurassic Park. I'll still have fun with that one. Yeah, I, I'm pretty. That's a game I didn't know I wanted until now. You know, like it, it, it looked pretty good. Um, I don't know if it'll be a, like a day one for me, but I can see myself picking that up on like Game Pass or something and and trying that out. And, and we'll see what the reviews say and how it plays out. But I mean, I love the classic Jurassic Park. Uh, it looks intense. Like it looked really intense. Like imagine being chased by a velociraptor or, you know, the acid spinning dinosaurs and or T-Rex coming at you. And you're like, ah, I'm, I'm dead. So I'm really interested to see what they do with that like i want to see more yeah. i they've they piqued my curiosity i want to see more i i need that co-op though we need we need some co-op on that if you guys are listening so just i kind of mind i kind of have a feeling though it's not going to be co-op but it looked more like a single player that honkai star rail was yeah. made by the same people who make engine Empire. yes uh, hollowverse yeah yeah because uh i saw the zenless zone zero yeah was announced and yep. i was like Anime girls, guns, and cool art style. Like I might be in for that one. It looks like it. So, so Hollowverse does the Getcha games. Um, it does Genshin Impact. It does Stark, uh, uh, Honkai Star Rail. Um, there's another one, and I'm, I'm. There's, but there's also another like other developers who do these kind of games. So, from me, when I saw that trailer, and uh, what was the what was the official name of it? You said it a second ago. Zenless Zone Zero. Apex, like high appeal with that modern, like anime, you know, style. Um, it it comes off to me like one of those games that's going to be really popular, but you know, we'll just have to see. So, um, it looked fun. It was, it looked like it was similar to Genshin, and it was a over the shoulder third person style uh, action RPG. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't usually put in thousands of hours into games like those, but I'm definitely like checking them out because they are really fun and like the get you kind of you know it's fun for a little bit as long as you're not pumping you know all of your money into it you know it can be fun to to enjoy that a little bit um you know and we'll, yeah, we'll see i've never played genshin so i've never played any of their games yeah me uh, neither i was just looking through the announcements i was like oh that looks pretty cool yeah uh, I, I'm starting to realize, looking at this list, that we're there's no way we're gonna be able to get through all oh, of yeah. these. There's like literally like a hundred announcements. So here's what I'm gonna do: I'm gonna I'm gonna name off like five at a time, and we'll talk about them in, in like a, in like a group. Uh, I still don't think we're gonna get to all of them, but I, I don't want to uh, bore our listeners to death by going through fifty thousand, um, you know, different 
And that's picking up the ones that are the most popular. I mean, one other one I'm kind of curious for you guys, like Kamari. Um, you guys see that one? Which one is that? It's the one. It's oh, like a really, that's like the ninja one. Well, like that whole thing is because that woman who was on stage, she kind of blew up. Uh, yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, tell me about that. She, oh my god, what fucking game was she working on? It was like Tokyo I, Ghost or something like that. Ikumi um, Nakamura. Yeah, she kind of, she was, she presented at a different award show. It might have been TGA's a couple of years ago. It was. TGA's a couple of years ago. And, like, she kind of became, like, the darling of the show because she was just, like, really energetic and, like, excited to be there and, like, doing, like, exactly how she was, but even, like, more so. Mm-hmm. And everyone just kind of fell in love with her. And I then, see. um... Yeah, she did Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think this is now a, a new studio that she works at is doing this game. Mm-hmm. Um, that looked pretty cool. I, I don't know if they actually saw gameplay, did we? I think we were just... The, the trailer... No, no gameplay, I don't think. Bitchin'. Yeah, it was just kind of like a reveal trailer. I don't think there was game... It was just like a cinematic trailer. Yeah, so this I thought the cinematic was really cool. I'd be interested to see how the gameplay turns out when it comes out. Yeah, that was cool. One that I'm looking forward to is the... Um, more information on, at least, is the sci-fi RPG Exodus. Um, it's by the like old Bioware... Uh, developers uh i don't know i don't remember them i think it was just another like cinematic trailer but you got sci-fi and bioware in the same thing i'm in i don't care what it is so <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see there wasn't a lot of information on that one it was just you play as the traveler um and you explore oh, yeah, the yeah. universe while avoiding enemies known as celestials so not a lot of information but it piqued my interest yeah, uh, Black Myth Wukong piqued my interest. I thought mm-hmm. it looked visually really great. Yeah, yeah. Is that the game that like they like dropped a trailer for like a year ago, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this looks so good." No, there's already a Wukong game out that I think is oh, okay. the one you're thinking of. Um, but mm. it's it's a Souls like you know like Sekiro sim you know kind of style. But I mean, visually it was very appealing, and I've heard nothing but good things about the game. Um, you know, it's just it's still on the short list for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the Hellblade Two, which is that like Norse mythology game that like has like insane graphics that look lifelike. And you like she comes like out of the swamp or whatever with like the the battle the war paint and fights yeah. people like that one looks cool. I have never played the first one. It makes me want to play the first one now. So that's on my list. Um, another one was the Dead by Daylight spinoff, the casting of Frank Stone. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. I uh, it's kind of exciting because I I you know Dead by Daylight's its own thing, but I thought like. It, like taking the horror element and the gruesomeness and kind of like you know it it, it looked interesting like it looked kind of unique like I, I was yeah I was peaked my interest was peaked my interest was peaked too I think Dead by Daylight's honestly kind of a garbage game but uh the concept is really cool and so if they're creating a new spinoff I would be really interested to see what they do with uh, it I do want to mention uh that the game I was talking about earlier um that's the Tales of Kenzera Za. Um, that was the one with the uh, the guy who was talking about how this was inspired by his father who had passed uh-huh. away and, and talks about, like, his culture. And it just, like, mus- musically, it blew me away. I was, like, downloading mm-hmm. the track and, like, 
already looking for it. Um, and then the story I just thought was really inspiring. Um, and, and him being so like genuinely stoked about being at the game yeah. awards. Like he was the most genuine person in the entire game awards. Like he was just like so happy and like to be there and like, obviously has a passion for this video uh game he's creating and so yeah I, and that was a sleeper for me that i was like wow i need to check this out because this looked really really interesting yeah all right i have three more i want to go over it's actually a little more than three but kind of three categories uh, unless there was something specific you guys wanted to bring up i'm gonna i want to talk about the sega announcements i want to talk about what uh uh i guess oh skull and bones and I want to talk about obviously OD. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. We have to talk about OD, right? We'll talk about them in that order. I think we'll finish on OD. Okay. So uh, Sega announced five, like in a very rapid, kind of almost unceremonious way, um, five new games that are in development, including Jet Set Radio, Shinobi, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, and Crazy Taxi. And out of those two, the only care, the only two I care about was Jet Set and Crazy Taxi. I don't know. Are you guys Golden Axe fans? Or... No, I'm a Golden Axe fan, actually. So um, Golden Axe was one of my favorite arcade games as a kid. Um, and I just remember one time we did like one of those like laser tag lock-ins, and oh. we just sat there and beat Golden Axe. It's, a, uh, it, it's really fun. So honestly, every one of those games, I was like, what? Like, this is crazy. So it was, it, you know, having, being a fan of, of Capcom, um, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised to see those games coming back. Nice, yeah, I, I love to see it. I I'm surprised it took him this long, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just mean, at radio with Hi-Fi Rush happening, like I feel like they're a little late to the game. Cause I now think it, so too. Yeah, now it's like someone already kind of took took the reins on that genre. But, yeah, but glad to see that they're at least attempting it. And then yeah. Crazy Taxi is always a classic, fun game that like. How hard? I mean, it, it's not like these games are hard to develop. I feel like they're like the formula is already pretty straightforward. Like, just make a fun, entertaining game. So glad to see that they're they're dropping those. Um, next one is Skull and Bones release date revealed. This game has been delayed more times than like any other game, and crazy, uh, like half a dozen times. So now it's releasing on February sixteenth, twenty twenty four. So a couple months from now, and. Hard to believe. Uh, are you guys gonna do you guys care at this point? I mean, we have Sea of Thieves. And- I was so stoked on this Skull and Bones when it was announced, and that was years ago. They've lost creative directors. They've, think, they've right? lost so many people on that team. To me, I cannot see this game being anything less than an abomination. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then, unless I, I hear not, otherwise, but... you know, then I'll pick it. I love pirate games. I've I love Assassin's Creed Black Flag. It's one of the greatest. It's probably the greatest pirate game of all time. Um, so I've always really wanted Skull and Bones to succeed at this point. I just got to say I'm very skeptical. Dustin, do you think it'll overtake Sea of Thieves for you or even be an interest? I mean, I saw this game on the floor at E3 because I was working that show. And um, I was like, I fucking need this game. Like, this is so cool. And, like, long before I even was at all interested in Sea of Thieves, I was looking forward to this game. And obviously, I'm a part of the community that's been, like, vastly or, like, massively disappointed that it still isn't out um, years after it was supposed to be out. But I'm going to hope that it's not because it's going to be fucking terrible, but because they want to really make sure it's polished and excellent. And so I hope 
that it's great. Um, I hope it's on Xbox Game Pass. I don't have to buy it. And uh, we'll see. <laughs> Although I have to pay, pay for that. So I guess. So. Well, we got our three-man yeah. team right here. I know, right? <laughs> we'll see. I hope it's good. I mean, I'll. it's a game that I will wait to see what reviews are and, and really be able to watch gameplay. And probably wait for Alex to buy it and play it first and tell me if he likes it. Um, so the usual, we'll the usual way. Yeah, I, so. I agree. I think I'm going to... Uh, we're gonna wait. Uh, I'm not. It's not, obviously not like a pre-order. I don't. I think you'd have to be a psychopath to pre-order yeah. the game at this <laughs> yeah. point. Um, and I love that they like you're like pre-order now and get three days early access. They're yeah. like, we've been waiting for this game for years, and you're gonna you're gonna put that behind a paywall three extra days. Not you're a crazy. smart move, man. Not a smart no. move. No, I know it's industry standard, but read the room, you know. Yeah, like <sighs> it, the faith in that game is already so low. You can't afford that kind of thinking, in my yeah. Opinion opinion <laughs> yeah e3 2017 when it was announced so we're literally talking almost a seven full... years yeah like, yeah that is insane that's wild i hope right. it's good that's all i'll say yeah me too i hope it's good that would be it nice. development in 2013 so it's gonna take over 10 years for that game to launch wow better be the best stuff. game ever made that's like longer than like red dead or any of those games i think red dead was eight years yeah yeah, it feels like I'm. We're going to be underwhelmed no matter what. Like, yeah, I don't. We'll they see. screwed themselves over. They should. You shouldn't announce a game if you're not ready. Yeah, we'll see you in a few months, uh, podcast viewers, because we'll we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, Hideo Kojima officially reveals Xbox Project OD. I don't have do enough information to care one way or the play, other. I didn't play Death Stranding. Didn't look interesting to me at all. Uh, the baby thing was fucking weird. Fucking so like, weird. I just never cared. And I heard from people that played it, just was like half cutscenes, half gameplay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really, from what it sounds like, was like an attempt to do like art, you yep. know? Mm-hmm. This goes back game. to that conversation we were talking about earlier. I, I love looking at video games in this artistic form. Um, and I encourage it. And I think it's, I want, I, what he is, going for i think is groundbreaking and a lot of people recognize that um you know so i mean they didn't give us a lot of information right and they obviously spent a lot of time talking back and forth and it was just like uh, you could see jeff is just like well what can you tell us you know and yeah so it was yeah, that whole conversation was scripted though they, they knew exactly yeah. what was being said between the two of them like yeah, nobody goes on that stage without already having the questions ahead of time and being able to formulate answers what i did think was kind of funny and I could be wrong because I don't know Japanese, but did it feel like the translator guy was doing like way Cutting shorter yes. answers? Yes, yes, I like, felt that too. Poor and guy. I have a feeling. I know. <laughs> I was literally thinking that I was like, "Wow, it must suck to be a translator because they'll talk for like a whole like, a minute or paragraph. two, and you're like, yeah. uh, I got to say this word for word." Really going a long time. Like when I was like, "Are you gonna take a break for your fucking translator, dude?" Like, Poor this guy. Is insane. I know. Yeah. I <laughs> wonder. I wonder how much of that though, like they, like you said, is pre-scripted so that the translator already knows what he's going to say mostly, and then just listens for differences. And he's like, "All right, what's different? Oh, he said this. He said that." I would say you would be surprised how. So, scripting it, it's we we try to script everything we can in a production uh, because mm-hmm. it just makes things so much easier, um, but. In the end, not everyone provides a script, and you have to have a script writer who's going to write them. So 
sometimes people ignore what's on the teleprompter. It's it's one of those things where like I couldn't tell you if it was 100% scripted or not. I based on the way they spoke to each other, I did not get the idea that it was 100% scripted. Um to take uh, Anthony Mackie versus Timothy Chalamet's performance. <laughs> Anthony Mackie was not reading a teleprompter. Timothy Chalamet did nothing but read the teleprompter. <laughs> yeah, that, we'll talk about that after. Yeah. We'll talk about well, I'll just say that's how you can this. see the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a different way of speaking. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. OD looked very interesting. Obviously, it's very cinematic. Uh, we have very little information. I It, it was definitely like a centerpiece in their mind yeah. to this game award. Um, but we'll see. We just don't yeah. have, uh, have enough information to know. I know they definitely didn't give us a lot. And I know that was on purpose, but we don't even know what type of game this is. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know anything about it other than it's a weird Hideo Kojima fever dream. And it's probably a horror game to some yeah. degree. They had the PT door, right? Yeah. So it's probably going to be some kind of a horror game. And OD stands for overdose, right? We're assuming so oh, it's going to be assume that <laughs> oh, I, I, I think even so on IGN, it even uh-huh. says OD overdose I see. parentheses. So um, I'm assuming that's what it stands for. And, you know, he's touting it as like this, like more than a game like experience. And um, I think I was listening to like the kind of funny podcast. And I want to say it was like Andy Cortez or somebody said that. And he's like, I really doubt that it's going to be a video game like any other video game. It's going to be different in the the form factor maybe or i'm sorry in the like way that it's a video game but it's still just a video game at yeah. the end of the day so it's like touting all these things like oh it's gonna you know transcend the genre or something and it's like hey no listen it's a just call a, a, a video game a video game yeah. and say that it's gonna be weird yeah. um but i think, think I, that kojima sorry to cut you off but do you think it's it. weird like kojima has like kind of become like this like legend in the space like I've never really been a Metal Gear guy. Like, you know, I didn't have a PlayStation. I had a Nintendo uh, growing up. So I know those games are, like, revered. But, like, somehow he has, like, leveraged that now into being, like, this god amongst men in yeah. gaming. And that's obviously with the help of Keeley. I mean, like, they're friends. And, yeah. like, yeah. Keeley gives him a lot of stuff. And uh, he's also brought in, like, big names. Like, he brought in Norman Reedus uh last time they brought in uh jordan pill this time so but man like he's almost doing like the keely move where it's just like he's taken something that like was successful and somehow been able to pivot himself into like the most like i don't know like putting himself like he's been put on a pedestal above everything he's now in the business of marketing himself and his own ideas of how to create video games and Like to some degree, I completely agree, and I think that's you know think of it's like it's like he's the Alfred Hitchcock of video games. You know that he's being put on, like you said, being put on a pedestal, um, which isn't I don't think is wrong. <laughs> it's this weird mix of like you know he really sees this as an art form, um, with like hey, it's just a video game, you know. So it. Yeah, I kind of agree with it, and I kind of I'm like that's a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, like he, if you were gonna put Kojima versus like Neil Druckmann, like in terms of like just who right. would you rather have lead your game? Like, I'm probably going with Neil Druckmann, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about like The Last of Us and but Uncharted. Uncharted and like just everything that basically Naughty Dog has touched has just been like amazing. Not yeah. only 
I mean, from like a story point of view too. I mean, like the last of us considered like having one of the greatest stories ever in a video game. Right. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's just interesting how Kojima is able to yeah. Yeah, position his brand. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's because he's just kind of weird. Right. And he's this character and he's this, and people find him very fascinating and so he's he's kind of carried on this legend of the weirdness that he has, and that some people think that that makes he means he transcends art. And like he's just an artist first, yeah. and a video game developer second. And he just creates some really interesting stuff. And somehow he's very fortunate enough to be able to just have the the backing to make his weird art. And that's great. Like it or hate yeah. it, people are like, that's a thing. That's yeah. who he is. And. That's just how it is. And it's very interesting to see Jordan Peele with him um, yeah. collaborating. I don't know how much input Jordan Peele actually has in the process, but it's interesting to see his name on things and um, his horror take on, on how it's going to work. And It's hopeful I for mean, the story, you know, because it's, yeah. it's going to be such a narratively driven game. Um, I, you know, I, I personally like Jordan Peele's work. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. They didn't reveal much, right? They didn't no, reveal they too didn't, much. They didn't reveal anything. And yeah. he likes to be mysterious, right? Yeah. He's going to be mysterious right up until, like, Death Stranding. We didn't know yeah, shit. Even know. even when they yeah. revealed the trailer, like, we're like, is this it? Is there more? We don't know. Is it a it's walking so weird. <laughs> is it literally just delivering Amazon packages? We have no idea. And do I think this game is going to be good? Probably not, to be honest. But is it going to be something that everyone wants to play? Because they're like, what is this weird fever dream? Like, for all we know, the video that we saw is the entire game. Is like faces on your screen with a black background and you're talking to them and the mic is using ai to create their yeah. like reactions or some or shit we like know. we have no yeah. idea we have yeah. no idea what this is going to be because you know a lot of the time we look into hideo kojima's like trailers and we're like there's going to be all this other stuff and there's it's usually like yeah. you got to take what he shows you at face value that that's going to be it uh kojima because- is a good comparison i just thought of actually and we'll see if they tend to have the same trajectory in their careers is uh M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I think that's me. That I think I that's hate. R- M. Night oh Shyamalan is one of the worst directors of all time. Signs is fucking amazing. And Sixth Sense was like fucking no, amazing. We, we need but a whole nother podcast for what we're about to dive into because you're, saying, like, that's, like, those are fighting so, words. From amazing <laughs> movies to start. Okay, so what is Kojima's Avatar The Last Airbender? Tell me that. He hasn't made it yet. Maybe mm-hmm. it's this. Mm-hmm. That's my okay. point. That's my point. Started out really strong to the point where everybody was like, hey, this is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's going to be good, but I'm going to watch it. And I, that's kind of where Kojima's at right now. It's like, I don't know if it's going to be good, but it's going to get attention. Yeah. And then right. I put him more in like Quinn and Tarantino, where his stuff is actually good. Yeah, Dude, we'll we'll see. On Signs. Signs is a fucking amazing movie. Signs is a good movie, but everything else M Night Shyamalan has ever made is garbage. Since Signs progressively went down. So if you look, put like I Death Stranding, happening, <sighs> the village, awful. so awful. The village since Signs. Okay, no, since Signs, no, no. but he started hope, with the hype. I, I wouldn't wish that fate on anybody. I hope Hideo Kojima comes out of that rut then, because yeah, he started with the hype and then he earned the trust to get the attention no matter what he was putting out and then it just realized that it was getting consistently worse i like my analogy better because quentin tarantino has like a style that a lot of people don't like but then he's proven himself and now he's like a really big name so i don't it doesn't matter though it doesn't matter but i think what will tell us whether he's a tarantino or a Shyamalan. is he a tarantino or Shyamalan? all right that's a big question 
We'll have to yeah, follow up with that one. I, I think though we can all agree though that the that his reputation held up that yeah. trailer because yeah. it didn't show shit. All it showed us is that they're really good actors. That Sophia Lillis, yep. Hunter Schaefer, and Udo Kira as amazing actors. Yep, that's it. And that's all we know. <laughs> we know literally nothing else. Yes. The village vibe, okay? Fucking came outside. <laughs> the village happens. He's got Joaquin Phoenix in it. Everyone's like, oh my god, fuck yeah, that's the next dope-ass movie. And then it's like, we'll, so see. we'll see. We'll do a follow-up. Which way are we going to go? Where are we yeah. going to go? Hideo Kojima only knows. And maybe even he doesn't know. <laughs> He's just making it up. I'll have to have a hit, though. Because I don't know if Death Stranding counts. Like I don't know if it was really a hit. People bought it because his name was on it, not because they thought it was a good game. Yeah, so let's see. It sold it sold ten million copies, so it's super super successful. But I don't think a lot of people walked away from that being like like what you said, like I don't know if I would play this again. You know, like so if this game will get a lot of attention also, but if it's kind of like just okay as a game, it's gonna slowly start to lose trust. Yeah. Um where like so what we'll does he needs this We're game just gonna to have guess. to see. It, we, it, yeah. it's. I think everything right now is speculation. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, we're master speculators and hot takes. <laughs> so, uh, I think we're gonna wrap up the announcements. We ha- there's a lot more, and there's plenty of places to look it up if you're interested in where those announcements are. There's a lot of small announcements and stuff like that, but I think we covered most of the major ones. Um, so let's move on to uh, a little bit about the Game Awards itself now. Instead of the winners and the announcements, what did you guys think? I know we, we sprinkled it in throughout the podcast, but we, we want to cap it off with some more of our thoughts. And um, I want to bring up, so we talked about Anthony Mackie a little bit. Yeah. Um, we can kind of, I guess, you know, Christopher Judge, we talked about his, his thing a little bit. Um, what else did you guys want to go over or maybe expand on? I think too many awards were announced off stage, or not off stage, but like didn't get to go up on stage. Uh, I'm okay with like the esports ones; those people probably weren't even there, you know. Mm-hmm. But like to see like best indie not get stage time, yeah. And I think it was also like best action adventure didn't get stage time, yeah. Um, was really surprising. Like, yeah, those are big categories, especially to give best debut indie stage time but not best but not best indie yeah i was like that's odd which is Uh, funny because like the indie games like people really respect indie games and want to see those like the little guy win and so to not give them stage time kind of felt like a little sell outy to me you know it's like i they they did do debut which was nice but it's like people want to see like like we were talking about that, like genuine reaction from the yeah. little guy. We want to see them talk about it on stage. We want to be like, I want to hear the story of how they, you know, I, I sold my house and I did everything and I did all this stuff or, you know, actually I, I don't want to hear that, yeah. <laughs> but I do want to hear their story. And I, yeah. and the fact that we didn't get that was a little disappointing yeah. for me. It was, it was, was, oh, I was yeah. just going to say for me, it was not doing like the best score, uh, best music score live. Mm-hmm. Like, to, you know, it, it's, it, I just happen to know how much effort it takes to create these scores and music. And yeah, so it just, to me, that feels like a huge category that also didn't make it up on stage. Um, You know, if they needed to remove one world premiere to do that, I think I would have felt that was appropriate. Yeah, or add 30 minutes, you know, have it start at four. Oscars, like best song, don't most of the nominees perform their song? 
Not always. Um, you have to prep. You have to prep the performance beforehand. So uh, usually that performance is the one they're pretty sure is going to win. But you can't always do that. No. Yeah. Uh, so time in advance. Yeah. Cooper did theirs. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, many, many years they do end up doing the one that wins. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I, I mean, regardless, I think they made a great choice. Like, for example, that's a great thing to bring up is that Alan Wake 2 performance. I text that Alex. The first amazing. Th- the first thing I text Alex is, this is actually ruining the game, isn't it? It's a spoiler. It's <laughs> a spoiler. <laughs> but I was, I enjoyed it so much, and I'm looking forward to like playing the game and finding that little sequence, because it was so clearly from the game. Yeah. Uh, and then when... Uh, uh, Casey, right? Was is his name? Sam uh, Lake. I'm sorry, Sam Lake. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Alex uh, Casey is his character in the Alex game. Alex Casey. When Sam Lake came out, and you could just tell he had so much like joy in his heart I, being able to I, do that. I love seeing him do his dance yeah. because you could tell he was just overjoyed. He was he like, was just, "This is the, this is great. This I is can't the best day I'm of my this. life." Yeah. yeah and he's yeah. like, "I got to make this game. I'm getting all these awards, and I get to dance like an idiot yeah. on stage." Like it, he was just having the time of his life, and I love to see that. <laughs> I think that was the right decision. I think it was, you know, regardless of who won, I think that was a very smart decision. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, 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 I wish that they, what they could do with the awards offstage thing is um, the Oscars does also. Or I think even the Grammys does. During that first 30 minutes or an hour pre-show, they do award announcements. And mm-hmm. like they give people their awards and it's kind of like the lower off the stage ones. They could 100% do that with some awards. I thought they did do that at some point. Maybe not this year, but I remember one year where they would just do them like, hey, this is the show hasn't like fully started yet, but here's like 10 awards that we are not going to show on stage. And it would just kind of like pepper them through. Um, they did kind of do them during a little bit where Jeff Keighley would be like, hey, and here's our the nominees yeah. and here's the winner. Here's another nominee and here's the winner. And that was that was nice. I feel like they probably could have, um, yeah, like done a few of those more to save yeah. some time on things like best indie there's or, a lot of or... awards that's something that needs to be considered yeah. there's a lot yeah that's true they should probably shave some down honestly. yeah probably yeah 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 um <laughs> did you guys what do you guys think about simu simu oh yeah i uh, forgot about simu Lu. uh yeah he i i like to you know i like him i like him uh, I like him as an actor. Yeah, and, I, think and I like him as a person. Yeah, I think he yeah. has a fun atmosphere to him. I remember, like, I felt they have two Avengers on stage. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I felt like his was more smooth than Anthony Mackie's was. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Honestly, kind of boring though, too. Like, like, like he kind of like started with the story about breaking his like or tearing his Achilles, like looking for like laughs and like just nobody. Yeah. really engaged with the, the elephant in the room boom joke yeah yeah, yeah and i was like oh okay like but like nobody was like ha, ha, ha. yeah like just kind of was like okay i'm gonna move on to the next it, thing that felt scripted that felt very scripted so like to me that is something they would script and he's rating off a prompter you know yeah right well especially if he's walking out this fucking boot on right yeah, yeah so. there's nothing you could do but i mean it was it was a little awkward. Wasn't Anthony Mackie's was way worse. Anthony yeah. Mackie came out like, yeah, that drunk uncle. And yeah. Like, hey, I'm out here. Let's go. Let's talk about some shit. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then Timothy Chalamet. He was who, just there like, for the check, man. He was, he was like, how fast can I get off the stage? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Timothy Chalamet 
showed up five minutes before he walked on stage and left right <laughs> after he got off stage, man. Yeah, like, totally. He was, uh, yeah, he was in and out. And I, oh, I, I kind of left myself thinking, like, why did they even invite him? <laughs> well, he had it when, when he was a kid. He had not a kid. I, uh, you know, when he was younger, he uh, had a YouTube. A video gaming YouTube. Oh yeah, I what did they? Why. That was why they called out his gaming tag, right? His like YouTuber. Yeah, something that's right. Yeah, or whatever. yeah. I thought I, I was like, okay, that's kind of funny, but but yeah, he was like, and the award goes to great. And <laughs> yeah, and like immediately left. He was like, I'm a gone. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm gonna I go gotta, sleep. With I have to go film and, Dune or something. Yeah. <laughs> the Matthew McConaughey one was also like terrible. I thought. Oh, that was like, another oh, one I completely I forgot. forgot. He, that. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna come out and like. I wanted to say the thing that like made me famous, like all right, all right, all right. But they told me to like say like pew pew pew, and you know what? we'll uh, see how that goes. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, some <laughs> of the stars felt a little out of place in the sense that it was just like this is about video games, not like the famous people attached to the you know acting or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was kind of forgettable, frankly. It, it <laughs> yeah. was. It was. Like, I understand that they did it. I understand they wanted to bring some names and people would go, oh, my God, it's this person. But also in the video game industry, like, I, the the starstruckness comes from, like, the developers and seeing, like, Sam Lake and Neil Druckmann and all that stuff. So it's just it's like their their fame didn't carry as much weight there as they were hoping it would have. Yep. You know, like, it's people thought, like... I think it's less for the people watching and more for, like in a way like sponsors and stuff of like mm. it's like a validation of like oh like we legitimize made it. the award. Yeah, it legitimizes them because like, oh look at the big names we have here. Even if like the fans don't really care, you know? Um I don't know. I think that's like more so what it's for, but I mean at least he had a connection to the game that he was working on yeah. on that team. <laughs> but yeah, like I was like when he's like, oh the thing that made me famous, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. Is it confused? Like, it was a, yeah, forgettable, awkward interaction. Yeah, especially when you have all these massive game drops yeah. and stuff like that you're like, this is awesome. And then you have like a f- five seconds of an awkward conversation from a celebrity. Well, the chat at the time was like, interstellar video game, <laughs> interstellar video game. And I was like, yeah, is this an interstellar? Vi-? Like, I was, I, it threw me off. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, it's a sci-fi game, so it's they're literally always going to be deemed this interstellar video game, even right. though it's not. Like it's just what was that? Was that Exodus? I can't remember. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was just kind of funny because I was like, I was on the same page. I was like, is, is he announcing an interstellar game? That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> I don't. Was there was there anything else? Any other drama? I mean, we kind of went over like that. The fact that the internet's kind of blown back and said that there wasn't enough dev time. I don't think we need to beat that one too, no, too hard. Uh, yeah, I think we, uh, a really big one that didn't happen. So TGA has the future class, which is like, oh, yeah, right. you know, incoming devs in the industry and stuff or something like that. Students, I'm not really sure who makes up the future class, but I guess like 60 or 70% of like 100 people or whatever uh, signed a letter asking Keeley to acknowledge the humanitarian crisis in Gaza, uh, as well as and mm. and uh, that didn't happen. They wanted an address in the open air. I'm honestly and glad though that they didn't. Yeah, and then a lot of people Mass also wanted Keeley to at least acknowledge like that it's been a tough year for developers with layoffs. Yeah, and he also didn't acknowledge that at all. So like those are two other things that people 
were like very upset about. I can understand the humanitarian stuff. It's a really like the Gaza stuff. It's a really touchy subject. Um, yeah, you know, I I can understand him not wanting to go there. I do think as the face of gaming and being like again, this is like PR stuff. Like being a thought leader, you know, in this industry and someone that people really look up to and has like so much impact and voice like not talking about the layoffs i think was a miss for him because i think when you're put in a position of of leadership like kind of like to go all spider-man here you know like with great response power comes great responsibility it's like you are arguably the most powerful recognizable figure outside of like the major studios like you should have probably been like hey, this is fucked up that all these great people are getting laid off this year, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's a time and a place. I think there's so much they were stuff they were trying to say and do, and it, it's just so hard to bake in, like, items like that while trying to, like, test the climate of what's currently happening. I think it's a very touchy thing, and you'd rather just yeah. move forward it's with a, the awards. I mean, it's easier. It's easier to move past it and just, like, forget it, right? I do think that is the time and place, though. I mean, like, I've had... I mean, you hear that argument with, like, every single, like, kind of controversial topic, you know? Like, we could even go to, like, Colin Kaepernick with kneeling during the, the national anthem. Oh, it's not, like, the time and place to do that. But that is the time and place that it's gonna, that he feel felt, and we'll say same thing with Keeley here to take it back right away, is that like this is the moment you have the most eyes on you and you're going to get the most opportunity to talk to a wide audience, right? If he tweets this out, you know, or talks about it in the post event, like millions less people are going to see it. So I do think like that would have been the time and place to talk about it, especially in an event dedicated to the accomplishment of developers, a lot of Mm -hmm. whom games that they worked on a lot of developers who created these games that are up for nominations no longer work at those studios anymore because they've been laid off since the the launch so i i think again like i i appreciate like the varying opinions on it and stuff and i do understand like it's hard to find the time for everything but again like that's something that he probably should have find, found time for given the event that it was given his mm-hmm. status in the event there was there's yeah. no better time for him to address it in my opinion yeah i, I agree probably should have said at least a, it didn't even have to be much honestly he could have just been like hey um i know that this year has been tough for a lot of people right so and so so but we're here to celebrate the positive stuff and there's a lot of goodness or something like that like it could have been right. like, a, like a 10 second little blurb about it and it would have it would have sufficed right yeah. like it, that yeah. was all it would have been um yeah. and because you know literally thousands of people's jobs were were destroyed this year or not destroyed but they were laid off and yeah. it's it's a tough thing and in, in a in an already very cutthroat industry so yeah. people um, are still getting laid off right now in yeah. fucking december my one of my good friends just got let go from his studio from the pr team like last week and it's wow. like fuck dude like i've so, I mean, I'm, I'm still looking around, even though I have like my business that I'm turning off the ground. But and that was in July. But I can't even imagine being laid off in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like that's just gotta like fucking really sting. Yeah. Like you can't even look for a job right now. You know, you can, but like no one's hiring in December. Mm-hmm. You know, not really. So I mean, you're you're not even gonna start conversations until January. It's just a lot of stress through the holidays for a lot of people in the summer. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. Well, I don't want to end on kind of a downer, so I'm going to recap some of the better things. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the Game Awards was last Thursday. Uh, I don't remember what day that was exactly, but a uh, lot of good announcements, a lot of big winners. Baldur's Gate 3 taking it home, Alan Wake 2 getting a ton of awards, and we love to see it. A uh, little up, a little down, always uh, you know, trying to learn from the, the past year, so we're very interested to see what next year happens, and uh, the gaming industry looks like there's some really good stuff coming out, and I'm excited to see, and, and I'm ready for more. I'm ready yeah, for more games. Definitely. Very exciting. It was a great event overall. Um, looking forward to all these great games, and uh, congratulations to all the winners. Yeah. So thank you for sticking around. This is our longest podcast yet, and we this is kind of a special episode. It's going well over two hours at this point. Uh, so thank you if you made it this far and you've listened to every word. We really appreciate it. I know that this can that it can drag on a little bit, but we wanted to do the due diligence and really spend the time on the game awards because this is a once a year spectacular uh, spectacle that we we don't get very often. So uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, don't forget to follow or subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. Every, we post new episodes every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Uh, East Coast time on podcast services and YouTube. You can also find us on Instagram, threads, and YouTube at Pixelated Realms Podcast. Thank you very much.